Thank you for listening to the Let's Just Talk podcast. This is the audio version of a live video podcast. Head to Twitch, DLive, Mixer or YouTube to catch us live. Or keep up to date with us on the Outhouse Discord or Twitter. Hey, you know what time it is? Oh yeah. Let's just talk. We're gonna talk. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's time to talk. Mic on. Hello, and welcome to Let's Just Talk. We're back after two weeks, despite me saying it was going to be a month. I'm here with Ferret Wolf, as usual. Hey, what's up? There we go. How are you going? And hopefully you can actually hear him for a change and I haven't messed up. So as usual on this show, the most important people here are, of course, you guys. So make sure you're messaging in the chat, letting us know what you think of any particular topic or anything we're doing. Or if you want to send us an email for something a bit more anonymous or have any questions that you want to talk about on the show, then... Yeah, the intro was very interesting. Uh, I want to thank Squitty for the intro. He decided to send me that as soon as we did the last one, and I thought, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to throw it in. It's beautiful. But as usual, we also have another special guest, and this week's guest is... Jot! Hello! Hey, Jot. How are we doing? We're good. How are you? Yeah, all good, I think. Maybe. Surviving. Surviving. Yeah, yeah so pretty much the same at this point. <laughs> Well, I think that's also a brilliant little segue into our news topic. Um, so our news topic, I'm going to let a clip because people told us we should have news clips. So look, I've gone all out. I've tried my best. Um, so I'm going to show a clip now of what we're going to be talking about, and then we'll get into conversation. So here you go. Mic off. For the sickest COVID-19 patients who are no longer able to breathe on their own, the drug dexamethasone offers a glimmer of hope. This is the first medicine that's been shown to reduce death in any group with COVID. And that's the start of something. In a large clinical trial, UK scientists gave 2,000 COVID-19 patients a low dose of dexamethasone. Results suggest the drug saved one life for every eight patients on a ventilator and saved one life for every 25 receiving oxygen. But I'm just totally grateful and will be for the rest of my life. Catherine Milbank spent 12 agonizing days on a ventilator before receiving the drug. She left the hospital on her 55th birthday. I wouldn't be here, I wouldn't be alive. So, thank you. Doctors worldwide are excited about this development. This drug is a common corticosteroid often prescribed to patients with arthritis and asthma. It's available in every hospital pharmacy and it's cheap. The only problem is researchers haven't yet released their data so that it can be reviewed. I think there will be some devil in the details when the final publication comes out. It's very hard to practice medicine from press release. Still, Britain's health minister has granted doctors permission to start giving the drug to all severely ill COVID-19 patients. Canada's top doctor isn't there yet. It's very important for us to actually examine the results uh, very carefully uh, before making any uh, further recommendations. We're not talking about some trivial outcome. But some doctors say they won't wait. I think that most clinicians who become aware of this study are going to start using it today. Doctors emphasize dexamethasone won't protect anyone from becoming infected with COVID-19, but they hope it will be the first of many drugs that will save lives. Christine Birak, CBC News, Toronto. Mike on. Okay, so dexamethasone, a miracle new drug that can help some people survive. Some being the word, unfortunately, but yeah. And I believe, Sean, mm-hmm. you said you've had this before. 
No, I, I've definitely had a corticosteroid because um, I'm a chronic asthma sufferer. And I know that it's one of the ones, therefore, that's safe to use with asthma when I had an allergic reaction. So, basically, what the drug does is uh, your body has natural, like, uh, swelling mechanics, doesn't it? Like, when you have a bee sting, it'll turn red and, like, a bit thick. Like, uh, at it's the time. so strange you say that. Someone <laughs> of my workers literally just had a bee sting his eye. And he's got, like, this yeah. red it's horrible. Oh, my volume's a little yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so when, when your body gets stuff like that, uh, the mm. skin around it will swell, redden up and swell. And uh, that's what happened. You know, I, I had an allergic reaction to something, don't know what. But basically, my entire back was covered in hives, and uh, they were trying to like give me something to stop it before my uh, throat could like, uh, constrict, like, swell up and constrict. Because I'd be getting even less there then. Uh, so what they did was they said, this is a steroid. So I'm guessing it should be a corticosteroid because that would be very safe to use with asthma. Because they also use it for stuff like the croup and stuff like that. So, like you know, babies take it. and you, you, I don't think it... I think the croup is actually a baby disease. I'm, I'm not sure if you can catch it, like, after infancy. I'll give it a Google now, but... Yeah, yeah. They, uh, it's a safe it's a safe drug to use with a ve- uh, with a wide array of uh, people suffering from you know breathing difficulties and stuff like that. I mean, I've I've got by the way for people who don't know I've got a laptop now and I've got it open here, which is why I keep looking this way. Um, yeah, apparently it's a very cheap. It's cost five pound forty per patient per day, and it takes about eight days of pe- um, sorry ten days of treatment. So for fifty four pounds, that's quite cheap as a treatment per person. Yeah, and generally. Um, but what I did see, and because I, I was googling this over the past few days, what is right. that? Oh, it's because people are typing weird messages. Um, sorry, <laughs> I looked at the thing and someone just went, "What is that?" And I've just noticed somebody's going zero eight zero nine. Ooh, ooh, I don't know. But what I did see is we've obviously just seen this clip from um, Canada because I felt like it was a clip that had more things up there. I'm trying to turn yeah. my volume up. My volume doesn't go further up. It's a pain. This microphone. You guys carry on talking. Keep things busy. I'm going to try and work this out because people can't hear me. The only thing <laughs> Talk I can about anything. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I can say about um, about oh, that is that I've never really come across it until um, uh, Stacey actually showed uh, me the clip. Um, but I'm someone who's got asthma as well. I haven't got severe asthma like uh, Jot does. Um, but yeah, it's the first I've ever heard of it. Um, the fact that they're using this as a treatment. Um, or some uh, form of treatment, at least. Well, no, yeah, it was Oxford University has taken a group test, so they aren't dishing it out nationwide yet. I don't think. I think it's no. Uh, I know. I know that much. Yeah, I know so. that much. Um, My it's God. crazy. Uh, test. <clears throat> okay, I'm much louder now. <laughs> okay, sorry. Hello again. <laughs> I don't know why it turned down half the volume. Thank you so much for Digital Dave. Apparently, I don't know Digital Dave. Who's Digital Dave? But thank you for telling me. And I know Doodle said it as well. Oh, I have to turn you down again <laughs> on the call. Sorry. No, it's all right. <laughs> like twice the volume. What I was going to say was, yeah, we saw a clip from Canada. Sure, I chose. I'm way too loud. Now I'm way too loud. I'll turn it. 
Oh, shakes. <laughs> Nothing's working. Practical right, difficulties. Hopefully, hopefully that's better. <laughs> no, you're not. I'm messing with you. For God's sakes, Yule. Right. <laughs> Come on, Yule. Jesus Christ. We're trying to talk about very important stuff and yeah. you're just putting so, a wrench in the works. Canada clip we watched. We went, ooh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but what that clip said was it was something like, I can't remember the exact numbers, and I haven't got it written down, but the amount like they said one, that it helps. Um, one people are, Yeah, but I saw... Like one I saw, eight for... I saw no, no, a clip it's, it's... From, Brit, from British BBC News, and the numbers were much higher, as in it would help more people. No, no, it's... um, It's one in eight and uh, people that I can save in a testing group, and then it's one in 20 overall, or something like that. Yeah, it's like, it was like 25 it, it, or something like that. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you're just getting it from the clip news you... osmosis basically from the BBC it's like, yeah but it's I remember all, it's all you can see is stats on these days and it's but I remember like, oh. I'll see if I can find the one that I saw on the BBC um, but that one had a much like much better chance and possibility on it and I was just like huh oh yeah here we go so yeah one life in every eight treated on ventilators and one life in every 25 um, mm. treated on oxygen I thought that one had Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So it looks almost as if maybe either one or two things are happening. Because Canada's not taking it on yet, because they want to see how it does further down the line first. Yeah, that would... Yeah. Then they might be trying to make the numbers not seem as good because they don't want to make everybody go, oh, no, we must have it. Or, conversely, BB- British are sitting there going, no, let's push the numbers up so people think we've got a cure. No, it's... It... <laughs> You can't mess around with medical tests like that. It's not you, mm. you can't you can't change the numbers. They are. I know, but it's are. dependent on what they're the, pushing out to the public. Is what I'm saying. The media are pushing out to the public. Yeah, that's yeah, true. It, look, on here, the one thing I generally do hate about how the media are pushing it is they're treating it as some kind of wonder drug. Yeah, like it, mm. it, it, is, a vac- it is It's a vaccine. It's that a fantastic drug that we that, found. It, no. it, it is a fantastic uh, drug because yeah. yeah so, but it isn't a vaccine. And that's no. the first thing that people need to realise. It. It's not the cure. It's a cure for the symptoms of what's happening. But as so, I saw from the first post that I ever saw about coronavirus when all this started, this whole thing's going to rely on two different factors. How dense the population is and how dense the population is. And unfortunately, that second group, I'm sure, is going to be walking around the place going, they found a cure! We're all going to live! Yeah, mm. and uh, it's the one thing I... Do respect Canadian BBC for doing, but do not like what the media is doing here because they're treating it as some kind of wonder drug in most talk shows and mm. newsreels and stuff like that here, which is bound to cause problems. Like you said, people are going to start believing it if they're exposed to that because we've been in isolation for weeks with only Good Morning TV on. <laughs> so, yeah. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's the only thing we're exposed to, that, so therefore it's the only thing we're, we're going to be listening to, isn't and it? And if you so... watch the show as well, Holly even thinks Phil's got it because she's she's sitting too much <laughs> going, nah, I love it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Just after he came out as gay as well, I'm not saying anything, but yeah. Mm. <laughs> no, um, uh, because of the fact that I started working in um, uh, house support. Uh, uh, basically, I go into a house to look after people with other staff, and usually they have that on. And I, yeah. Most other staff have actually gone, can we put something else on? And they've just gone, what else? And 
Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> good like... point. <laughs> Reruns of Emmerdale and like old games, football games from 2016 and I know... 1960 at one point. <laughs> well, I know you're not all fans, but even EastEnders has finished now. They're out of episodes. Yeah. Uh, wow. Right, that, <laughs> I, watched, done. I watched the Emmerdale episode where the first one, like in that house with them, where they've social distanced the cast from each other. Oh, okay. It's just, it's like watching some kind of like, you know, communist state uh, social just... drama because everything's dark and dreary. There's no interaction other than like this drama that's happening from me to my wardrobe. It's just like, it's it's just like this drama that shouldn't really be working. I'm just so interested to see it, Miss Personally, because you know I remember like my dad is talking. I don't think my dad understands how soaps work sometimes, but I remember we were talking to him about it, and he just sat there and he said, "Well, it's fine, you know, all the families just stay together and stuff." Like, yeah, but they're not families in real life. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you you watch it and you just go. Real people would be closer than that, and real people having these arguments would be far closer than that. But, so it's it just it's so dreary and depressing to watch it. But and how did we get to this from medicine again? I can't remember. It was coronavirus, please. <laughs> it was um, coronavirus. coronavirus. At least has much is... on TV. That's what the that's what the so, whole you know synopsis was. <laughs> just quickly, because it will get us back into the medication. Just quickly going back through the chat. Um, Liam did say in terms of Good Morning TV. Goddamn, now we're getting real, um, and they should give him Netflix. <laughs> uh, he's also crazed about the fact that um, EastEnders is done and why aren't we talking about that it's not done it's just stopped until they've made some new episodes that have been socially distanced that we can watch but back to medication has said so how many do they save one out of eight how how can they tell if that's what's saving them and not that they're just going to survive anyway I think it's just and one out of 25 doesn't seem super drastic I think it you know these are chemical trials they've done they've not just sat there and gone you've got coronavirus here you go it's all been no, chemically it, tested and tried it's, um, so it's proven using patients uh, it was Oxford University who I think did our one yeah didn't they pay in, like stupid amounts of money for people to like get a small dose well, of coronavirus well they they do in <laughs> they do in most um drug testing like uh, tests as well like uh, you know they, if, if it was part. something like oxy if it was something like an oxycontin based drug or something like that they still pay people to test it you know? yeah but mm. the the, it, it, the entire basis of these small tests is to see like you know if it works as a whole or if it's just to assess like if it's just a fluke that it works and clearly it does help alleviate the systems but uh, help alleviate the symptoms sorry yeah because um, I don't know if you actually watched any of the um, the differences between just being on oxygen and just being on a ventilator. I understand the difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, I know it does like, differently. I'd say with the ventilator, it's just like it's great that they are actually using drugs to alleviate symptoms because you're already in an induced coma, essentially. Oh aren't yeah, you? so you're, you're so, nearly dead at that yeah, point. Yeah, uh, uh, thing is breathing for you. So yeah. 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 Pumping the oxygen into your lungs and whatnot, and yeah. And we also apply out the fact that it says it saves one in life every patient. Save that on ventilators, and one out of twenty-five on oxygen. It's because when someone's on oxygen, it's bad to be on, but it's not the worst possible state you can be in. So there's probably a lot more people on oxygen than there are people on ventilators, which is why they're seeing sort of that balance. I'd imagine with it helping one out of eight patients that are in on ventilators, that's a massive difference because those are the patients that it really is crucial and whether they're going to survive or not. Mm. And yes, Liam, you should get paid for taking drug. It is a fantastic career path that you should be on. 
It was I mean, I think we'd all, let me see if I can find uh, we'd, we'd all do it. We'd all do it if we could. <laughs> this laptop isn't the fastest thing in the world. Uh, coronavirus. Give me a good slap. I just upgraded it. Oh, the soul problems. How'd <laughs> <laughs> um, the upgrade go? <laughs> drug test. How much? I don't know. How much paid? <laughs> what stupid Karen just said. Karen uh, just said uh, heroin is pretty, popular, pretty popular right, right now. now. I mean, yeah. it's, as, it's as popular as it always has been. <laughs> you would you'd get paid three thousand five hundred pounds to get inject infected with a small amount of coronavirus, which, by the way, could also be hell? in some way a vaccine if your body is okay with it, because that's also the immunity grown in your body. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, that's how. But... <laughs> That's how vaccines work, I think. Anyway, isn't it? You, a vaccine does obviously contain part of the virus itself. I think that's what the hepatitis vac- uh, vaccines actually do. They just yeah. they boost your antibodies. So yeah. sorry, they build up antibodies in you to combat the illnesses and stuff like that. So even if, did, even if you yeah. did take coronavirus vaccines and stuff like that, you'd still therefore be taking. The coronavirus vaccine into it. It doesn't mean anything in medical terms that if you get in, uh, uh, you know infected with the disease or not. Like, but with Oxford one, I'm pretty sure they used they had to use a, a select group from the ICU because yeah. other, they already needed to be on ventilators to actually see what the what the difference That's it would a, do to people I mean, on ventilators. Like, not that you'd have much of a say when you're on a ventilator. I don't know how you how you get through the permissions for that. Because if you're uh, on a ventilator, it's not like you can do ooh. much. Like, oh, yeah, I'm great. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Why don't you give me this drug? It'd be fantastic. Do, wouldn't they have to do it like for their families or something like that? No, no. It, 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 there's safeguarding issues there as well uh, because um, it, it comes down to the individual and capacity the capacity for their capacity to be able to tell you whether yes or no, because so as, as long as they can um, give some sort of signal of yes or no, whether it's just a oh, so or yeah, yeah, okay, right, yeah. It's, but but if you're in an induced coma, you can't. But that's where forms like do not resuscitate and stuff like that actually come into it as well. Yeah. yeah oh like, yeah, I'm aware of that. You, when you are admitted into hospital, if you are conscious, that is when you or a trusted. Uh, What's it called? Uh, basically, like someone who can speak legally for you, uh, a representative. Like right. uh, uh, the word. So will you come might to me get again. your wife or your husband yeah. to like sign on to yeah. say, "I am allowed the, to make they, the important decision for the, this." For the fact yeah, that this they, they definitely can if you're if you don't have the capa- uh, the capacity to do so. Right. You, okay. They can, but the the best course in safe uh, when it comes down to a safeguarding issue is if the individual themselves give. Yeah. I mean that makes sense. Um I love the fact that Liam just put in if we have if we have your consent, don't move or say or anything. <laughs> 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 oh Jesus. But no, I think this I, is not very... moving we have their consent, yeah. <laughs> I think this is very important in terms of the fact that I know everybody's saying this isn't a miracle cure and technically we really shouldn't even be talking about this subject because all it's doing is helping a few more people but it's got to be the start of something surely no, no, from it, it would definitely be a start of uh, something it's better than not having anything down at all you know if, yeah. if there was no otherwise people would uh, be losing hope completely the... in everyone and that would just make things a lot more a lot worse yeah, um, need... than we're yeah. off you need to be careful there not to give them false hope the 
the entire point True. of this right now is to boost awareness of it because although it is cheap to make and cheap to obtain, there is not a stockpiled quantity of this drug mm. that the government can buy, like with flu oh. vaccines and stuff like that. I was about to say because so, I know they have got a pile already stockpiled. Yeah, but that they, might they just do be have what's a pile already stockpiled. what but, we already have in the system as such. I'm, yeah. I'm guessing that's so, what that so is. by by boosting this awareness of it, they it's it's a way to help them get more basically hmm. because we don't Get have enough mind. we don't Get have enough mind. to quant uh, for the quantity of people that are currently suffering from coronavirus but we will if um if awareness is boosted enough of it and funding is actually given to you know make I mean, more rapidly it does seem as if in order to try and avoid that you know massive issue with stockpiling and worrying about the drugs, they're probably only giving it to the people that are on oxygen or on ventilators. And probably only the worst so like case the really severe cases, in other words. Yeah, like the really severe imagine. ones. Yeah. Because yeah, it's the last ditch of hope, isn't it? It would be great if they mm -hmm. could give it to everyone, because if it's a Kirkwood steroid, I'm guessing it doesn't really have that many side effects in the grand scheme of things. Um, a corticosteroid, if you use too much of it, uh, like, uh, they measure out your lung... Uh, your lung capacity with asthma, with like how much air you can hold and how much you can blow out at any time. Uh, if you use the steroid ventilins and stuff like that, they give you enough. It can actually decrease the amount of air your lungs can hold very slowly. Okay. But, so you, it's important that you take it to doses and stuff like that. So corticosteroids aren't without side effects, but no medicine is without side effects. That The entire point of it is that it changes your body. Uh, it, it, and but I mean, in the grand scheme it, of things, would it be something so sort of like you know? I I mean, I know I'm using an extreme example. I've had a DVT, so they've given me anticoagulation treatment, but they won't give me the high end worst possible stuff. So what's that called? Warfarin. Yeah. I'm not on warfarin or anything like that. I'm not on anything really. Mo harsh. Yeah, morph morphine and tramadol and stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah. um. But, uh, but if, it could have like, a... if you if you take too much ibuprofen in a day, it can start summer ulcers. It's it's stuff like that. So uh, I'm just looking at them now. Side effects of oral, oral corticosteroids used on a long term basis, which is longer than three months, include oste uh, osteoporosis, which is fragile bones, hypertension, which is your blood uh, uh, your blood pressure can go high. It can also uh, cause diabetes, weight gain. And increase your vulnerability to further infection. Oh, so so if if you take too much of a drug, there is bound to be. But I mean, side effects. Under that I mean, that's with any drug, though, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, under exactly. that understanding, exactly. We're talking about two weeks. That's the length of period someone has at the most in hospital, usually mm. with mm -hmm. coronavirus. Mm. So, two weeks of just giving it from day one, if they could, wouldn't that help? Or is that just me being too optimistic? Could you, could you ask again? Sorry, Ken. So if, if they gave the drug from day one to a patient, say we had an unlimited amount of supply, I know we don't, but say we oh, did, yeah. and they just gave the drug to a day one, say, oh, you're no. dealing with coronavirus, here's the drug, we're going to start you on this, and then hopefully you're not even going to get to a point where you're harsh. Yeah, that, that hypothetical, it won't work like that, because it, it's a corticosteroid isn't used to cure the disease, it is used to cure the ease a symptom. So Right. It's kind. It's kind of like so, taking a painkiller in basic form. So it's you, when sense. you have a headache, you take paracetamol. To you don't take better, it right? in case you have a headache. I get you. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it, it, if someone 
goes out, I, I can't breathe, uh, then this can actually ease up the swelling in the lungs and make it easier to breathe. That, that is what the drug does. Obviously, they wouldn't be saying, I can't breathe, because if they couldn't breathe, they wouldn't be able to say it. I've managed it for years no. somehow. <laughs> you, you might have too. <laughs> that's, that's not like, uh, like not everyone's going to be like, I can't breathe. Literally, <laughs> the first sign would be um, them choking and struggling to actually breathe. No, but, yeah, they, um, they, they yeah I get like, what you mean. If, if they can't breathe, Lever- they just act like... Side. Yeah, exactly. mm. No, they just act like the puppets from Team America. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> you see, no, you can't say that. <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> what are you joking? You know that. Um, but yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry. Right, uh, um, I saw I saw a comment uh, just before that. Um, Huel said, "What about a spoonful of sugar?" It helps the medicine go down. Um, you know, that's what he said <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just looking down here, and it says, um, he was pointing that, I go with that paracetamol. I'm actually yeah. going serious again. He says, I go with that paracetamol well, that... until the pain is unbearable. And there was a time where well, I was getting migraines. Yeah. I was getting migraines. Um... And... No, it's not. Because I was getting migraines almost daily, and painkillers were just getting less and less effective over time. And I think it's well... because I was taking them on a regular basis. I wasn't uh, addicted. Yeah, it's, it's, it's dangerous. It, they're called PRNs. Okay, which is um, periodical use, uh, periodical use, something like that. No, P- PRNs are medication that you can get over the counter. Oh, okay, right. And, uh, um, so yeah, paracetamol, ibuprofen, and constant use of them is with, as with any medication, very dangerous. Uh, overdosing on paracetamol is actually way more like. More, way more dangerous than most people take for granted with it and stuff. Like you know, that. yeah, I've, I've heard many stories about people yeah. ODing on paracetamol, and apparently the effects of that is really, really, really bad. Um, well, it's, manual labor makes sense, Kash. I just saw that that thing there. It's like if if it, <clears throat> if you, if your muscles are tense, it just means that you're just not, you know. It's probably you, just the muscles being. Yeah, sore it, it's doing so much it's not used. It's not used to that much activity. Like, if if you overexert yourself, if if it gets too much, then deep heat and stuff like that, or ice and stuff like that, is easy enough. You don't have to take a pill for it. Whereas a headache, if you get constant headaches, you shouldn't take constant PRNs for them. You should go to the doctor and see. Oh, look! I it might mm. be caused by this and this and this as well. But oh, yeah, that's. I mean, that's why I don't yeah. get migraines anymore. I was on a medication that caused me to have migraines. They eventually changed it to a different family of medication. And mm. I'm clear. Um, Which is not. Mm. It's not as easy to do that these days, though, especially during this pandemic, because you can't. Yeah, you can't really. Pop oh, yeah, into the they've, they've lessed the. Uh, they've lessened the the amount of times you can actually go to the doctors and stuff like that because of uh, the, because of like uh, safety doing, precautions and stuff like that. They no, are I, doing I, a lot I, over I, the phone. Get, yeah, they do it over they the are phone. Doing a lot over the phone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. But I had to. I had to go through a whole rigmarole just to get my usual prescriptions with it, but just because of the system that they have going on now. But I won't get mm. into that because it's just relevant around here and it's not relevant on like you mm. know the bigger I'm, picture. I'm sure every single place has their own thing. I remember mm. our local surgery. Um, it's really weird. They've got this window with slats in it, like that, and they've got them open. Yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, I've yeah seen those. they've got them open. Yeah. Usually, it's just it through, like, yeah, that's what they're doing. They're just feeding it through there. But they're in full PPE when they do that. They've got the apron, they've got the gloves, they've got the masks, right. everything, just to pass us a prescription through the window. And you just think, Jesus Christ, we're mm. at that point in life. Mm. 
it, it, the reason that mine was was because I usually pick them up from a chemist in where I live, but I right. go to the same surgery that you go to, Stacey. So I had to get oh, yeah, that prescription, get that filled out, send that to somewhere else, have them fax it somewhere else, and then, yeah, it's, it's like that kind yeah. of rigmarole. No, that makes so sense I, to I get me what because Lucas, I, your GP's I, not in your, in your local area, is it? It's within the, it's no, my, the my GP is your... Yeah. My yeah, my GP is your GP and therefore the you know, those two villages that they cover, but there is a separate GP here, but because of the fact that I grew up with those GPs, it was Right, yeah. I, I have to pick up my drugs from the chemist here is what I have to do. Okay, but yeah. yeah. It um but it does come down to what Luke was saying, which was um it, it's very difficult to go through the usual channels for doctoring, uh prescriptions, chemists, all that kind of stuff these mm. days. Sorry, I feel like I should clarify for those who aren't British. Yeah, GP is general practitioner, and because we don't, we tend to standardise. Yeah, we standardise our um, healthcare through the National Health Service, so we don't pay for it. Um, We or the gatekeeper to any sort of care we go on to if we need any further care is a general practitioner who checks if Mm -hmm. we need to be seen by a specialist at all. That way, it saves the NHS a bit of money, and we see someone straight away, so it works out mostly straight away. I won't go into that one. (laughs) Yeah. so just for people who are a bit confused why we keep saying gp gp is the first doctor you ever see is your gp for whatever condition you have unless you've been sent to hospital you always go and see a gp first and then they refer you on bad because literally doing that entire conversation of us talking about gp and um Jot being all like, I, I go to the same GP as your GP. Your GP is my GP. Literally, <laughs> I thought of, I, literally, I thought of his, her the GP, IDP, my GP, he, she, me, she, our GP. But here's <laughs> the other confusing thing. That was the thing. only thing that popped into my head all of a sudden. Here's the other confusing thing, because thing. this is a Britishism. We may say we go to the same GP. That doesn't mean we see the same doctor. <laughs> It just means that we're going to no, the same yeah, doctor's weird, surgery, yeah. and it's probably one of those doctors, so we're probably possibly seeing the same one, but we know we're kind of seeing some... I don't know, it's confused. <laughs> it's just something we say. Hospital ju- porter is greater than a GP doctor. What? <laughs> explain. I, I think Huel does need to explain that one, because they're two yes. very different explain things. Explain that. Explain that. Find it. Did find no. Speak. <laughs> if that was his response, no. no. You'll not get an explanation. I will leave you hanging. <laughs> did find it weird speaking about that. Um, general practitioners, I think, get a year's worth of training after their usual med school stuff. If you want to specialise to be a pharmacist, that's a three-year intensive course on medicine. So... But... It, but, it, but- Anybody who's been to a GP in the UK, whenever you need a medication, they're the ones that go, here you go. This is the yeah, this but... is this is what you need. They know <laughs> it all already, and they had it for a year. Why do they need three? <laughs> the, no, the chemist, uh, if you go to a chemist, they might prescribe you different stuff according to you as a, your specific needs, whereas the GP prescription is more generalised. So, right. Like so, Which say explains now why it a took GP me ages to change G- that medication where I was having the migraines. Yeah, so if if you go to a chemist and you actually have your consultation there, uh, chances are they'll like, they might actually ch- uh, prescribe you a different um, a me- medicine to what the GP would. But it, it's not not a guarantee, obviously, because most GP, you know, like th- they know exactly what medicine goes with what. So yeah, they have a, a straight up idea with it, but. 
chem- uh, pharmacists and chemists, uh, they have um, more training as to what drug does what and what specific ones apply to like which fields and stuff like that. It's really interesting. Um, before you think that GPs are absolutely incredible, Huel, the way you're saying it, I've had a couple of GPs have to Google things for me. So <laughs> that's happened. And literally Google as well. Not not any particular system. They just went on Google. I'm not even Liam's joking. One, Liam, Liam's one tickled me. General practitioner, previously lieutenant general practitioner. <laughs> Field marshal practitioner is next. And... I see. I, uh, I didn't Huel's want particularly... like, my sister works in a pharmacy mm. and she knows uh, so much. I'm, yeah. I'm aware is she still she training, Karen? Or... Has she actually passed the um, the studies now and stuff like that? That's what I was going to ask, whether she was more trained in-house and stuff, or what's going on? Vice Admiral Solicitor, what? Apparently she's a Vice Admiral Solicitor. Oh, wow, very interesting. <laughs> and you don't know. Right, well, you see, there's this thing <laughs> okay, you do within enough. families, <laughs> which is that? a talk. Good talk. Yeah. <laughs> Good talk. Jesus Christ. Oh, you're a chemist now. Okay, and just switches off there. <laughs> actually just told them, yeah, I'm training to be a chemist now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that was the thing from day one, speaking about medication and stuff, that immediately they were like, right, don't take aspirin. Don't take was it ibuprofen <laughs> as well. Like, <laughs> that was from day one before they really knew what they were going for, but they, they obviously had an idea what part of the body... Is it just me that thinks, right, this part of the body's been the issue, so we look at drugs that have affect that part of the body, or is that what they're doing? I don't know. Well, no, because... If something's being affected in your body, it could be being affected by multiple parts of your body. True. So, like, you, if you're suffering from depression, there could be a th- something wrong with your thyroid and stuff like that. It couldn't. It might yeah. not be general anxiety and stuff like that. It, so, yeah, the diagnosis is important, but then following up on that diagnosis to to what medicine you need is really important. So, that's why pharmacists are trained so like so in depth with it. The reason I'm thinking are you, sure you're because... not, are you sure you're not a secret pharmacist yourself, Jot, or a secret doctor? It's the word no, he no. <laughs> like, he works undercover as a doctor, like like in undercover. <laughs> undercover, he's just like, shh, shh, I'm a doctor. Don't don't worry, I'll I'll help you. Undercover. <laughs> no, he's doctor. he's the doctor that everybody <laughs> wishes they were. He's the doctor that if he was on a plane and someone was having a heart attack and someone said, "Is there a doctor here?" He can go, nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> stand up, stand up, and sort them, and they just go. It's, it's nope. like no secret doctor. You can't see. <laughs> Instead, he's just sort of stalks people uh, uh, like who cough, uh, like or something like that. And he's like, "Here, I've got something for you. This might help." You we need help. Here. And then he just walks off. We need help here. Don't worry, I'm not a doctor. Wink, wink, <laughs> wink, <laughs> wink, wink. Oh, Jesus. But no, the reason I was mentioning it and stuff is because I know they're doing a lot of tests into ad- anti- into anticoagulation, um, into anticoagulation medication at the moment because they're noticing that people are getting pulmonary embolisms. So for people who don't know what that is, it's a part, it's a blood clot that breaks off, gets into your lungs, and essentially makes your lung collapse. Um, mm. So they're looking Metal. a lot into anticoagulation treatment, which would break up and stop these blood clots from forming in the first place. So it's why I keep mentioning it, because they, they clearly know that there is an issue with lungs collapsing. So surely they're just mm. looking to medication that affects that. So I would well, imagine I'm yeah, but like fine, because I'm blood... on anticoagulants anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm anticoagulants mean... anticoagulants are blood thinners, aren't they? So you, you can't give them you know without knowing for sure with other stuff. Blood 
thinning blood can also lead to other problems oh, in the gosh, body. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Can, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, so <laughs> it, it's all about finding that balance and stuff like that. And with, with the corticosteroid to get back on track. Except the for entire- which, I love me some ooey-wallow-bing-bang. <laughs> oh, my God. What? What? It's oh, it's the Love Doctor. Doctor. It's a song. Yeah. It's the Love Doctor, isn't it? <laughs> I was reading those, that out. I was like, wait a minute, I know this. That that, that rings bells. I told the Witch Doctor. I just wanted to get this out because we're talking about antiquagulants. Like, I, just, I, I have my list of, um, as comes with all medication in Britain, a uh, list of side effects. <laughs> it's quite a big one. Yep. <laughs> I just saw that like, unfolding there. <laughs> It falls out to the point where she Jesus hides her entire, like, her entire self. She has to like mount it on a wall with pins. Right, it's, like, it's like a map. Don't take anticoagulants. Common side effects. This is common in one to ten people. You could be bleeding from your eyes. Yeah. What the heck? That is literally that's the first thing that comes up. Bleeding, including in your eyes. It's. Like, when, when it's you like, wait, are you crying right now? No, I'm when just you... bleeding from the eyes right now. Don't mind it. It's just a side effect. <laughs> Jesus Christ. When you take blood thinners, it lowers the amount, like, the density of your blood, and therefore mm. it can also, like, lead to iron deficiencies and stuff like that. It means that you can bleed <laughs> without Lord. stopping. I'm aware of that. To... I was yeah. I was warned about that, the fact that if I cut myself, I need to put pressure onto it and hold it for a much longer time than I would normally, because it will mm. take longer for the blood to clot. Um, <laughs> but from your eyes... Yeah, did, you see what, did you see what Mark, Mark said? Mark Beta 1 said, side effect from watching PewDiePie. It's <laughs> <laughs> bleeding from your eyes. Oh, most likely. I, I just Jesus. imagine that I, I imagine that PewDiePie is what they put on during that Clockwork, Clockwork Orange like torture scene where the guy oh! the pins in his eyes. He's, he's just staring at like the Hindenburg crashing and then PewDiePie just like comes in. Like, you and I know screen. how to edit. While we're in the middle of this, you need to grab a copy of... Um, <laughs> A clockwork orange. Find that clip and just change every clip from like those Nazi clips to PewDiePie. <laughs> you can see him sitting there going. Well, Liam asked me not to. So a well-known fact about that actual scene. Uh, you know uh, the actor who was actually getting his eyes peeled uh, peeled back like that. Apparently, that yeah. it caused a little bit of damage on his eyes because the actual metal parts that were clamping his eyes uh, open Wait, actually scratched the outer layer of his surprised. eyes. Kubrick filmed his scenes like 170 times. I know he did. He'd yeah, be stuck I know. there with those pins there. It's like, it's like the one thing I learned about Kubrick <laughs> is like... like he's grating his eyes out. <laughs> the one thing I learned about Kubrick is he's an incredible filmmaker, but nobody wanted to fucking work for him. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was just too much work. Jesus, now this this has gone into a tangent. Jesus Christ, don't yeah, it really has. <laughs> it, it, it happens with us uh, talking. Really we really always go off on a tangent. Hey, look, it's a good we're just tangent. talking. We're just talking. It's fine. It's a good tangent. <laughs> Eases off the tension. But I mean, working on the same thing. Um, they do believe if tests carry on as, as they have been doing so far, and so far it's still good, we could see a vaccine by September. To cure is coronavirus. That, is that for certain, or is that just sort of a guess? It's well, it's BBC News date. and lighting and stuff, but it's, it's BBC News, so it's, it says um, AstraZeneca ready to supply potential vaccine in September. Yeah, but so... they still need to go through testing and stuff like that. And... I don't think they should have given out a date, because the, the, that, that'll yeah, just, the, again, oh, that'll no, just give out false hope. It'll just give out false guess, hope. The, the first guesstimation was a year on March. 
Like, and then another estimation was two years on March. You can't do that with vaccines. You can't estimate. Like, you can't. You can't possibly just give a date, a definite date on like when it when it be out. I'm, I'm you, you, can give, it. you can give a target date. You can give you can a target, target date. dates, but you can't just go say, yeah. uh, yes, it, it'll no, be we'll out definitely on the have it by then. Yeah. Oh, wait, you just we, don't do that. Wait, I read it. We, we Scientists we have warned know. that a coronavirus vaccine, if developed, might not confer full, full immunity. Yeah, see? So what's the fucking point? We got a vaccine, <laughs> it doesn't work. False hope. That's exactly what Again, it is. False hope. <laughs> yeah. Should we, think, should, we, should we literally just call this episode False Hope? False there we go, we've got a new, a new, a new episode. Well, the first episode was uh, the B, and now it's False Hope. A False Hope or a new vaccine. <laughs> if, you, if you think on it, Stace, novel, it, it's a novel coronavirus. Other viruses include uh, the co- common cold, the flu... Sorry, it's just the way you went. Other viruses include... <laughs> uh, but not limited to. Not, not limited, limited to. to. <laughs> It's it's like when you think about that, we we don't have a cure for the common cold. Our virus vaccines, there's hundreds of them. When someone tells you, when someone tells you that they're going to get the flu vaccine, the surgeries have not got a flu vaccine. They've got the flu vaccine that they've predicted that strain of flu is going to hit the most that year. So. Right. It, viruses mutate hmm. and faster and faster and faster all the time. So it, it there's not going to be an overall one cure for it. It's just going to be something that builds up slow immunities and stuff like that. It's the one reason why herd immunity was is kind of like it's really important with like other vaccines and stuff like that. But viruses are really hard to sort with a vaccine. I feel like I need to mention with the common cold though. We we should never cure it. As films exactly. have taught us, it will kill aliens when they get here. <laughs> so we need to look War after of, the common cold. War of the, World, War of the World actually teaches us there that, yeah, getting rid of all our diseases is pretty much a bad idea. That. <laughs> just imagine that. Aliens suddenly come in and literally we're just giving ourselves the... <laughs> oh, as... Okay. Hello? Um... <laughs> okay, just see, like, Subs- all these, okay like... just guys, sorry. Um, you guys froze for two minutes for me then, completely, so oh, okay. I didn't hear that last bit. Um, I, said, I just heard Ferret go, if aliens get here, which means they didn't hear it either. No, we, we, what we said was, um, he um, said he's just imagining it, but I just went, what if they came down during lockdown? Because then people would be on their doorstep just saying, get inside! Go inside and stay there! <laughs> War of the Worlds would be so different if the alien invasion was stopped by lockdown instead of, you know, an actual pandemic. They're just like, do you, do you no, think we, aliens... can't, we can't get out of our flying saucers now. It's just, we're just stuck here. Do you think aliens are having a real hard time probing at the moment because they've got to keep social distancing up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're keeping the humans under observation. Like, and like, good like, they, make the, they make the probing pole a little bit longer. <laughs> so they do it from a distance. They sort of just go, oh. It's quite funny, actually. I saw a um, news <laughs> clip from S4C in Carnarvon, of all places, which is our local town, by the way. Um, mm. And it was all in Welsh and stuff, but there was this, just this woman who was doing the report. And every now and then, the camera would cut to her, holding the longest oh, um, boom pole on Earth, just there, like, this is heavy on the end. <laughs> just, uh, like, trying to... <laughs> hang on. Uh, Karen just um, asked an important thing there. It's, mm-hmm. uh, he asked if every vaccine is not guaranteed 100% to work, and he did point out, yeah, the MMR vaccine has 99% of people protected from measles and rubella and 88% people. 
jobs, according to the NHS. Now, the important thing to take away from that is 99% of people and 88% <laughs> of people are not going to have measles, rubella, or mumps. It's yeah, <laughs> that is what herd immunity is. It's like the 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 amount that won't that are susceptible to it are better <clears> off if <throat> everyone who is viable for the vaccine has their vaccines. Hmm. I saw a um, clip from BBC News that said that at the moment, the coronavirus <laughs> is killing 54% more people in the UK that <laughs> yeah. would die normally. So, I'm not why can't we just reduce that down? I know you're not Italian. I know you're not Italian, Karen. If it reduced Sorry. it down to, well, coronavirus <laughs> is killing 5% more people, people would be like, oh, we're alright. <clears throat> but 54% is the issue. So, if we can't stop it from killing most people, I think we'll be like, Do you know what, we're done now. We're fine. It's the end of it. <laughs> like, old granny, 103-year-old there might die. Fuck her, she's lived a long life. <laughs> I don't care. Oof. <laughs> Wow. As long as we're the rest of us is alright. <clears throat> no, that's yeah, that's that's neglecting your duty of care though. To to levity aside, that is that's the reason that's the drawback <laughs> in but a way as a whole the best part of our live of our right, society here. that we do. Yeah. Hello. I just mean as a yeah. whole, as as long as we can get the majority uh, of people alive, that's the important part. Yeah, eth- ethically speaking, that that's a completely different argument as to why we should vaccinate and you know the people that vaccinations don't work for it's a completely different question then of whether you willfully neglect them and accept the fact that they're going to die because that is it comes into ethics and morals then rather mm. than um but i mean ethics and you morals know, purely scientific purely scientific strange here haven't they because didn't wasn't there some sort of report come of which country it was, I don't know if it was our country, that said that people were signing fake DNRs for people because they just thought they're not going to survive anyway, so what's the point? Uh, yeah, um, that is pretty bad. Cause... Find it. Then, then again, it... when it comes I to... I going to go into a laptop. Yeah, I'm finding information. It, it wouldn't be here. Well, it would actually, sorry, be here if it's illegal, because we have anti-assisted suicide laws. Um, yeah. If if people want assisted suicide, they have to go to dignitas clinics in Switzerland now and stuff like that. Yeah, but the if if people were signing fake ones, it would mean yeah that it would need oh, to be a law in place. I do so apologise. There's a whole here. BBC news thing about it that said that that news was fake. Oh, okay, fair I do enough. Do apologise. Oh, right. uh, makes sense. Yeah. Fake news. <laughs> Um, even no, though it no. was in the Guardian, it was in the Independent, it was in the Mirror, it was in the Telegraph. Um, but <laughs> the, yeah, like like I said, that, it was fake. that 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 does come down to the safeguarding issue, then, doesn't it? Because mm. those individuals do have the capacity to tell you yes or no. It's just that they don't they don't currently have the consciousness to, to do it. Yeah. So, but I remember uh, it do, was not, do not Italy resuscitate. Who was they? They were categorizing the people that were going to help most with the people who could have a higher chance of survival. And they were telling people, because their that's, hospitals were overfilled and stuff, and it, it was it was that, an extreme case. Um, that's triage. That, there's, yeah. a subtle, there's a subtle difference between neglect and triage. No, because, I know. But whereas in this yeah. country, we're trying everything with everybody, because we still have mm. the NHS availability, we still have the hospitals. In fact, our Nightingale hospitals, which is our pop-up hospitals in case things get too bad, have barely been used, which is incredible. Um, yeah. we're um, treating everybody but when in Italy I know they did turn around to particularly the elderly and stuff and said look you might as well go home and spend some yeah. time with your family and say goodbye but, 
the, that's exactly what that doesn't come down to actually neglecting them and leaving no. them to die. It is the realization that they don't have the uh, facilities and uh, resources necessary to help. Yeah. So they could have been waiting in a hospital corridor uncomfortably until they could die and stuff like that. That is that is what that means. Whereas the the subtle difference between triage and neglect the neglect thing is in triage if you are if you see two people one of them has bashed their head and but the other one has lost their leg you would first aid you would have to treat that guy who's lost the leg first because he's in danger of dying from blood loss but then you'd move on to the other guy neglect mm. is picking which one and then only treating them Mm. That's, yeah. To, so, yeah, it, it's, it's a strange degree, though, because in Italy they were literally turning people away, and they said, look, yeah, but, you, you've but got no chance the, of survival, piss off, that, go home. That's the, that's the inability, then, because by the time they'd have gone through triage, they could already be dead, is what I'm talking is what I mean there. It's like, um, and by being there in the hospital, they were at risk of infecting other people who didn't have it, and stuff like that. I'm, I'm not ap- going to apologise for on Italy's behalf or anything like that. No. They, clearly clearly that pressure is in itself yeah, is in itself wrong. But but mm. when you look at Italy, they got to it much, much later than everybody else. So it was mm. a widespread pandemic by that point. It was an it was a, a national uh emergency at that point. Mm. Whereas Although our hours numbers... had more time to manage, even yeah. though we didn't, we didn't act in enough time. That's what I was going to say. Our, our numbers, although it's worse, we have spread it out more as such. So we've never really had that massive pressure from the NHS that we were worried about having. So it's we're, we're better in that respect that we didn't have to turn anybody away. But unfortunately, we have still got larger numbers, and I still think we could have done more. But I feel that's a discussion for another day, almost. <laughs> We'll be here for a whole other episode if we pick up on that Jesus one. Jesus Christ, it is, is with man. I'm glad I'm in Germany. I'm the guy people are, um, are warning you about when the, when they say this is uh, this is what would happen if we were lost World War Two. Uh, Jesus, yeah, getting forced to learn German is that it? <laughs> <laughs> oh bless. Well, it's been a good hour of conversation about that. I feel like we can move on to a different topic. So, as usual with our guest on the show, we like to ask them if they've got any particular topic. And if you guys want to come on the show, all you got to do is send either myself or Ferret a message on the Discord, mm-hmm. which I will post up a link for for anybody who doesn't have it. Just ask and you can pop on. It might be awesome. It might be cool. Don't think that Discord mm-hmm. link actually worked. I do apologise. I will find one while Jot tells us um, about his <laughs> personal topic. What? Uh, before I do, did anything get sent in that we could talk about? Because my one's more like a general, basic thing. So, if anything like got asked I specifically... Did. I'll check now and see if anything has since we've stopped. Oh! Huel has emailed. Why um, has he... Uh... <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, that is definitely something we can talk about. I usually leave that till towards the end, so it's up to you if you want to. Jot, do this one. No, no I'm, I'm okay to do that one first if you want to, because mine's more of like a general broad topic. Like, so, nothing's right. 
I did say it was going to be anonymous, and I've already said who it was. Sorry, I do apologise. But he said, um, <laughs> "What do you think if you feel useless as hell, and no matter what you try and do, what you apply yourself to in skills or anything, that you'll never be good enough?" Oh, ah, I did not speak that properly. So let me do that one again. What do you think if you feel useless as hell, and no matter what you try and do? What you apply yourself to in skills or anything that you'll never be good enough. The idea of living a less than remarkable life and achieving nothing of value scares me a lot. So I do know what particularly this is about and it's not my place to talk about it and why he's sent this message in particular. But he's he's skimming on the idea of the fact that you know you, you may have so many ambitions and aspirations for life and no matter how hard you try and apply yourself to it, you just don't reach that and how you may feel useless about that. Mm-hmm. I think we're a perfect little group to talk about that, funnily enough. Um, yeah, that kind of hits home for me a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess the first thing that you could do on a completely neutral level is assess what that standard of success actually means to you. Hmm. It's... It's very difficult one to talk about, like because it's it, it's mm-hmm. definitely a personal subject between person to person. Mm, mm. Definitely, uh, and uh, it's one of those subjects that you can't really do without comparing to personal experience or comparing to other experiences. Yeah. Well, I'm happy yeah, to cause... talk about my personal experience I'm, right I'm, now, I'm... how I'm coping with that personally. Um, yeah, and the uh... thing I went to just go and get was this. So that there is my degree that said that I went mm. and studied. Um, media studies with theatre in university. I also have several diplomas and stuff going through here as well, all in filmmaking and similar topics such as that. And I'm not working in film. I have worked in film. I've done a few little things. So I've uh, I worked for What Culture for a short period of time, did a few videos for them. I've worked for a director who wanted me to edit his feature film. But unfortunately, none of them have led on to anything else. And how I'm doing mm. it is I'm going, well, if I can at least keep this passion of mine as a hobby at a minimum, then even if I can't get to that point, I've got something that allows me to outlet what I've learned. And although mm-hmm. there's been, I mean, we were talking about this just before we started streaming, the fact that last year um, a group of us had decided to go filming in Manchester, filming the homeless, making a documentary about them. Yeah, and literally yeah. the day before I dislocated my knee and we were unable to go. And But that is me. That is what mm. I'm doing. That is me trying to do this stuff and although it's gone on a bit of hiatus especially with coronavirus um i'm planning on moving out soon into my own property and i've been speaking to um huel and another friend of ours gavin about making a film after i've moved out so i think as long as you still have that outlet and you still have something that even though you can't achieve what you wanted to don't stop trying to achieve it god no keep applying Mm. for every single job that goes but Mm. have something that goes at least i can do this and at least it keeps me going and at least it's something i enjoy doing it's assessing what that success is to you is incredibly important because mm. um yeah you have your ambition in life you have um, but if if it is something grandiose like actually making an impact and stuff like that the reality is you're only going to get there one small goal at a time and mm. the bigger that ambition is in the end the the longer the path is definitely going to appear because it, 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 it's like it's like any journey on a train stop, really, isn't it? The, the furthest it is, there's going to be way more stations in between you and it. Mm. So yeah. it is always keeping your eye 
yes, keeping it in the broad part of your mind, the end game goal, but always mm-hmm. looking for that one small goal, one at yeah. a time, every yeah, single do time. One, yeah. yeah, I was literally going to say something uh, similar to what you were going to say. Um, start with all the little goals that you have, or make up a goal, or something like that. Just do it. Just make up any form of goal that uh, uh, involves your passion and then do that first. And then once you get to that, just make another goal and then just keep going. Because if you just stop there and just give up, then it's like, it's not going to, it's not going to get you anywhere. It's just going to make you feel more uh, worse about yourself. The pursuit of what you want to do, but yeah, just don't keep trying. Almost. Yeah. Don't expect Um, anything grand out of it, but still just keep, hmm. just keep going for it. Just keep trying at least. And, Um, and as a, as Stacey said, keep it as a hobby if you can. And uh, every single one of those small goals, hmm. you need to assess if they will, in fact, lead to that end ambition, or if not. And if not, well, it's still something you can be proud of in the end. Hmm. Like, oh, it, it, yeah. You should not feel bad about... You should not feel as if you are not achieving something if you achieve something, but it has no relation to what you are, it, it, it's personal development. That's all. It, that's all life is. It's just a mm. series of personal development. Mm. I think my brother's a fantastic example, and I know it's difficult because some people, myself included, are like, "But I want that now." Um, but my brother's a fantastic example. He, throughout his entire life, was sort of like, "Yeah, I want to be big in music, and I want to make fantastic songs and stuff." And as time's gone on, he's gone. Well, I still want to do that, and he is still doing it, and he makes the odd single, and it's on Spotify and stuff for people who want to listen and things. You know, he still tries to do that. But he said, "What I'm happy about now is I have a wife and I have a child, mm-hmm. and mm. that is my life complete." And if you ask him, he says he's the happiest person in the world. He might oh, still him. have issues, like where he's living at the moment. He's not particularly happy. He wants to move back down here, which I think he's going to next month. Funnily enough, amazingly, Ooh, right. yeah, yeah, super excited because I have my little niece running about. Um, hey. Yeah, um, but as a grand whole, he feels as he's as if his life's already complete. He's he's already done everything he needs to do because he's given himself a realistic life goal and expectation, and he's realised he's getting happiness from that. But he's still not giving up. He's still sitting there going, "Oh, you know, to my parents, oh, mum, dad, can you look after Ella for for a while? We're going to go and play a gig." I'm like, "Yeah, you go play a gig. You know, you go and enjoy what you enjoy doing." And if it does turn into something someday, fantastic. And if it doesn't, you're still enjoying it and you've still got this fantastic life that you've built around mm. it. It does come down just a little bit to live in the moment, but never mm. nev- yeah. never, never, ignore the future, but always mm. live in the moment. Yeah, yeah. And the- yeah it also, also helps when you surround yourself uh, around uh, the right people for it as well. Because um, yeah. if you're surrounding yourself uh, around the wrong people, then it's not going to help it at all. You need those people that will fully support whatever you, anything that what you do. It helps. Uh, it helps me as well because um, uh, there was a point, personally, there was a point where after when I finished uh, college uh, doing uh, art and design, there was a point where I just got so fed up of just drawing because I was drawing for about three years, like nonstop, to the point where I got really burnt out. And then literally it was about a year or so where I just stopped drawing, mm. uh, which obviously had its drawbacks because I kind of lost the capability and the enthusiasm to do anything in related to drawing. So, um, and I'm talking like traditionally, like with pen and paper, uh, pen and paper and all that. I don't, I barely do pen and paper drawings these days, but um, it led on to me doing something else because I wanted to uh, go back into pixel art and to do more 
uh, graphical design based stuff. So I went on and moved on to that. And then eventually that led back onto me uh, getting back into digital drawings, like drawing out uh, illustrations of like uh, characters that I have. Um, it's worth there was a point where I stopped again. With, with Luke as well, literally everything yeah. you're seeing around us is actually designed by him. So all the little sprites mm. and all the little windows and everything, that was... I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, it was completely Ferret's design, and he, he's done all this. And they, they are fantastic, and I love the little... Uh, and my favourite one's wondering... the guest one, the little cute one. It's just there, like... Yeah, the, the, it's like a blue squid man that's just doing yeah. the... Mm. I love it. Yeah. It's just it's just the <laughs> standard guest one we have, but I just love it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it, it literally got to the point where... Um, uh, where... Over time, there was a point where I even burnt myself out on doing that, so uh, I had to take a break from that. And it's and it's not a bad thing to take a break from something that you're passionate about because sometimes you can hit your limit on doing yeah. something. Just go do something else that you've uh, that you're passionate about, and then you'll eventually come. just go back into it. But um, like you'll definitely burn out if you're doing too mm. much of what you enjoy. Like. Uh, yeah, I feel, that's worth said, I feel that it depends on the context, how long you've uh, been trying to do your uh, your things. Uh, if you've just started, don't be too hard on yourself. If you uh, if you've been if you've been doing it for uh, quite some time, try and reconnect with other people. Uh, like what Ferret's saying, um, uh, ask our friends to help you and use your community to in uh, or inspirations to help you motivate you. Uh, but also sometimes it's uh, taking a short break it'll, it is nice in case uh, you put too much uh, pressure on yourself. Yeah, like, I didn't even see that until now, the uh, doodle. Um, but yeah, it was. I was literally going to move on to the fact that um, it got to the point where I sort of just lost patience in drawing again, and then there was a point where um, Doodle herself actually uh, gave me some encour- encouragement to actually get back into drawing, so... Um, recently i've been working on a sketch it's still take it's it's still not quite done and i've been working on it for quite some time but at the same time it's still it's still it's like a mini goal for me to complete it's like a full sketch of a uh, character that i've uh, that i have um but yeah it's uh point the whole point of that is if you feel like you're fed up with uh, doing something that you're passionate about it's, it's no shame in taking a break um, also, just surround yourself in the right, uh, right people to get you motivated again, because it always helps. It, it definitely helps me. Sure. Definitely helps me. Yeah. Um, but I think but yeah, also, no matter what, don't lose hope in that. What is important as well with all this mm. is never compare yourself to somebody else, Mm-mm. because Mm-mm. no matter no, how well you think they're doing in their life, there's something that they're really upset about. And there's something that's not working yeah. for them. So if you sit there and think, oh, but. I wanted to be a big film director, but John, who I went to school with, is now a big film director. Why isn't that me? Well, John's also never been, never had a girlfriend, and he's never been in a relationship, and he's finding it very difficult that he can't find anybody to love. But all you're seeing is the positive of him having this director life, and you're thinking his life's brilliant because of it. Everyone's got their issues, and just because it seems someone's getting well with their life doesn't necessarily mean that's the case. So don't ever mm. compare yourself to someone else. Yeah. That's my thought. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, and I totally agree with you on that. I've done that in the past, and it does not help at all. Because um, I've, I've always found myself like comparing myself to other people uh, that I look up to um, who do drawing and all that. And sometimes I can't help but feel jealous, but at the same time, I can't help but feel somewhat inspired by what they do, which also gives me the motivation. So even though there's points where I feel jealous of like other people doing uh, similar stuff to what I do, 
um, in some way, it does give me that sort of push or motivation to get on with it. It's like, well, it's like one of those moments where you're like, why am I sit- sat here just feeling sorry for myself and being jealous of someone that's doing something else? Why it just get to it, get working on it instead of just sitting there feeling sorry for yourself. I think Doodle uh, struck a really important point there. Um, I'm not going to lie, it's one of the things that we could generally do like a two-hour talk on, but it's um, the uh, the pressures that is put on us with uh, the society that we live in today. Yeah. Uh, she said social media, media but there's also uh, fashion magazines, there's and fashion shows, there's mm. uh, standards of living, mm. uh, comparison to celebrities and stuff like that. There's so much that you could talk about there mm. where... We as a society have gotten used to being exposed to people who we admire now on a near constant basis. Like, I can't think of a day where I don't read up on some celebrity or I see some celebrity or I see a meme about a celebrity like that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it is just real self worth does not come from your image of yourself always because of the simple fact that that image can be corrupted and have bias from what you're comparing it to. Now, so it is always about just keeping focused on that goal. And even if you're judging yourself to be, you know, to not be getting anywhere, it might not be true because of the simple fact that you might have a biased outlook on your own abilities and your own self-development. The, uh, that's too yeah. true that that hit home that shot that hit home you went too deep <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm incepting no <laughs> Joe where are you going I can't see you anymore take my hand you gotta get me out of here <laughs> but yeah you've got you got really 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 good points there Jot. Um and literally I'm just sat here nodding I look like a bobblehead at that point but yeah, everything that you're well, you saying... You look like is... my character avatar right down here. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to look at um, yeah. digital saying, also, if I can add something else, topic dependent. Yeah. I think that today people are stand- have standards for instant gratification and lack of patience, which is a fair point. I mean, yeah, you want to just... Everybody's got that dream, don't they? That they finish school, college, university, whatever, and they just walk into their dream job and that's it instant gratification mm-hmm. but nobody's done that everybody works hard and oh. there was a small percentage of people who managed to get that instant gratification instant easy life you know like oh have you seen blah 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 he was a millionaire at 18 i don't care if he's a millionaire at 18 i'm happy where i am now thank you earning 1000 pound a month <laughs> you know? minimum wage for life oh gosh minimum yeah wage. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it is true i never saw myself doing what i'm doing right now um, no, don't think I did. And, mm. and definitely, I'm still in the stages where I'm still getting used to it. But uh, I think it was uh, Digital Dave that posted the thing earlier with um, uh, the was it the Dunning Kruger effect? That was the one, wasn't it? Where yeah, I just saw that, uh, and I thought that's a very strange it, one. Um, you start off in a it's comparable to this. You start off in a job, and you think that yeah, I can do it. I can do it. And you're full of confidence, but then as you come to realize as that job goes on, you are, you, you get reports back, you get feedback and stuff like that that make you, oh, yeah, maybe I'm I've not doing that, that so well. And your, conf- your mm-hmm. confidence will tank at that point. Mm-hmm. But 
the reality is that as time goes by, the more you understand and know about that job or hobby or whatever that you're doing mm. grows. And it is about that realization. And therefore, when you realize that, you grow confident again in doing it. You just, it's all about overconfidence at the start when, like like you said, with coming out of school and stuff like that, it's just like, yeah, I've got a dream. I'm going to go get that dream. And then life hits you and you turn into a cynical British person. But <laughs> That's how but, British people are born. Yeah. <laughs> we are pounded day and night with like these ideas of, you know, you're never going to get anywhere and stuff like that. But no, it's it, then on top of that, yes, Twitter, social media, celebrities, Everything else, it doesn't help the comparisons at all. It is all about realizing that the passage of time is what will grant you experience, knowledge, and no one can predict the future. That is the, the most important take back out mm -hmm. there. It's like no one can predict the future. And yes, we're all going to be afraid of it. But if we lean on each other and we understand ourselves enough, then mm -hmm. it will actually make it that much more bearable. Yeah. Also, when you were saying that, literally the one thing that came to mind is that we've got to learn how to crawl before we can learn how to run. Well, yeah. yeah but... In some ways. Because you can't you can't just run head first. Well, you can run head first into it if you want, but sometimes it doesn't work for everyone. Sometimes uh, people would prefer to start at a crawling pace of where they're at and then slowly, gradually get to where they want to be. Because mm. um, if you... For some people, if they rush things... They, they end, end up, up like, they end up forgetting that one thing, which is like self improvement, you know. Yeah, I mean that's it. Yeah, say you, say you came out of education and you wanted to be the most famous actor in the world, like mm. you could go out and do little extra jobs and stuff like that, which pay a tuppence and mean that you can't even afford a roof over your head. Or you could be clever about it and get a crappy little shop job and do the odd little extra work here and there, or appear in this and appear in that, and then eventually perhaps turn into something else. But if you end up going to somewhere where you've got no money, you end up destitute, no job, homeless, and all of a sudden everything breaks around you because you've been too passionate almost. Yeah. Yeah, it's all about realising who you are, what you have, all that yeah. stuff. But the reality is, if you have a dream, it's great. It's beautiful. Oh, mm. go for I it. Really I really hope that you do eventually get it, but it's all about ad adaptation knuckling under the the reality of the present yeah that but the the way we manage that is understanding ourselves and relying on other people as support and if you're lucky enough to have those connections there then beautiful great it's fantastic mm. but it's i i understand that not everyone will be lucky enough to have that unfortunately yeah but the if it is not a case of understanding that your dreams aren't unreachable because that would be horrible. It, it no, always it's, keep your dreams it's within about reach. Managing yeah. how you're trying to get to your dreams. Don't <laughs> exactly, sometimes yeah. a full-on direct approach saying that's the only way I'm going to do something is actually worse than going. I'm going to try my best, but make sure that I'm sustainable and I can look after myself while I'm doing this. Yep. 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 <laughs> So if you have to work in a crappy little shop job and tell people, have a good day, then do that and kick yourself when you get home. But at the same time, go for that extra work. Go for, you know, the little extra things that help you. Or then again, if you do want to work in shop in a shop for the rest of your life, then fair enough. It's your life. I, 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 like, I work in retail, and I'm going to say this now, I really don't want to be working in retail no. for the rest of my life. <laughs> but then I've been working oh. in retail for, what, gosh, since I was... I must have been... 
21, 20, yeah, 21 when I went into retail. So, yeah, I've been working in retail for six years, and it's not fair. I've but been working in a little bit less, but it's, um, it's it's, I've been working in retail for about, I want to say three years, but I'm pretty sure it's probably a little bit more than that, actually, which is crazy because it just doesn't feel like that. But, yeah, I don't see my uh, – people have asked, asked me at, at certain points, do you see yourself doing this for um, a long period? And, honestly, I've always told them, not really. I'm sort That's of just cute. keeping this job uh, until, I, uh, until I know I can actually – you know, go out and get something else, you know? The experience that you get in that job definitely adds to your personal oh, sure. development. That oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Everything you do in life adds to that personal I mean, development. I yeah. still feel super proud because the, the job I'm doing at the moment, I'm a supervisor, and that is two promotion levels. So I got promoted to keyholder, then to a supervisor. Um, wow. And I know that's because I've got so much experience in retail and that I know what I'm doing when I get in there. And I still feel quite proud, even though the fact that I am working in retail in a field that I don't particularly enjoy... I feel so proud that people have seen me, seen what I can do, and thought, yep, we need to promote you twice. I think that's, you know, and I'm proud of that. And be proud mm. of the little things like that. You don't, I don't have to sit there and go, yeah, but I'm still not working in film. That's what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you're just yeah, beating yourself up. Like that. Mm, mm, mm. Um, I'm seeing where Digital Doodles is in. It's interesting, Digital Does having a passion mean you'll be good at it. Yeah, I know. I know. We 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 mentioned quickly the uh, Dunning Kruger effect. Um, mm. This is for this... each of you to answer. Knowing what you know now is in your chosen field. If you were to start again tomorrow, what would you change? See, I I think that's a cop out there because if mm. I knew what I knew in my chosen field, I wouldn't do my chosen field. I'd grab more knowledge from another source. Yeah, at yeah. that point, wouldn't it? So I mean, I can sit but... there and go, <clears throat> I've got a massive interest in computers. Why didn't I look into go to university and do computer design or computer programming or something like that that might have had a more practical effect today? No, I did what I preferred and what I felt like was my passion in life. <laughs> so I actually don't think I'd change anything. <laughs> I, I, even though I'm not where I want to be, I don't think I'll change anything. I still think I'm, I've still got to learn where I need to go to. No, it's, we're still in our 20s, let's face it here, yeah? yeah. So We're not I, going, oh, I wish I had a better in, life. In, <laughs> yeah, in, in comparison to life expectancy nowadays, that is oh a quarter done. There's still more to come. You, you can't mm. make that kind oh of decision God. when you only have the beginning of it to go from like mm. the the real the reality behind that question is that there is a cop out there because the if i knew exactly what i knew now in my chosen field what i do is go to university and learn something completely different if i came out of university having done exactly what i had done and i'd have probably just skipped my first part-time job to try and go straight for the job that I'm doing now or something like that like because of the fact that I then realized oh they were hiring at that time and stuff like that and that's more a circumstance rather than a reality fact mm. if that makes sense it's like it could have been the other way around easily but so, with that same idea I mean if we could predict the future I wouldn't be working at all I'd, yeah. I'd have made a million bets and I'd be a millionaire <laughs> rolling in it <laughs> If Dave, if Dave asks the three of us again when we're 60 to 80 years old, 
that and we're would still be doing it. this and, podcast for some reason and, and feeling yeah, and, 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 and if then the answer could be something obvious like I wouldn't get hit by that car at 42 years old and die so, there or something like that I, like, I, it, wait, it, wait, it, wait you said and die there that they wouldn't, we wouldn't be alive yeah, like, at 60 if, if, you, if you ask me at 60 and 80 what I'd do different is not get hit by that car in my 40s would actually be a proper answer or avoid, that, that, avoid that person uh, from mugging me so <laughs> I, want, I want to uh, announce that we will be having a special episode with Jot in it um, on the 19th of uh, June 2050. Uh, 2050, yeah. yes. When, when no, we no, will no, be having no, the same no, conversation no, topic. Tw- I was, for a moment there, I was thinking, wait, wait, Stace, where are you, where are you taking this? <laughs> you like, you haven't spoken to me about this? <laughs> Sorry, I don't remember this. <laughs> I'll be forty. I'll be I'll be forty two, and Stacey will be behind the wheel of a car as I just go like wide eyed, and she's just there sitting. The the timeline must remain true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but to answer uh, Dave's question, um, I'm probably going to be in the same situation as uh, Stacey's. I probably wouldn't change much other than just try and keep um, the mental attitude of. Like it's okay to take breaks. It's it's okay to you know not be great all the time at what you are passionate about. Um, just keep trying. Just keep you know evolving. But um, I think that's pretty much the only thing I would do. Really, is just tell myself, just keep that mental attitude uh, on. Like just keep trying, mm. and you know don't give up on it because there. Are, I admit there have been points where I've wanted to just give up on it completely because. It's just like this point, especially in this day and age that we're living in the pandemic. Uh, it does bring, um, it does bring everyone's mood a bit uh, down a bit. Um, but yeah, like especially when I'm when I was doing like video editing, uh, like from last year, I still have not edited those uh, clips yeah, that we recorded right. last year. And to be honest, I've sort of kind of given up on that. But at the same time, I'm not going to give up on it completely. It's one of those um, things that, do you know what, I'd fancy doing that one day. Yeah. It it was one of those things, but I it's like, I want to kind of move on from those past series that I did on YouTube and just start again, start fresh, mm. uh, and probably just record a new series and then try and keep that consistent, sort mm. of keep editing and all that. That, that, is, or that is a perfect example of something. Um, it's, it's actually completely coincidental that somebody else we have here is Jot, when we had Huel last week, and Jot, Huel, and Larton and myself used to be in a little group we used to call Teamworks, we used to make little videos every yep. now and then and stuff like that. Yep. And it got to a point where we tried it, to do it so hard and we tried to put so much effort into it for no fucking reason. And <laughs> it, I, I remember when you know it used to come up in conversation where people wanted to branch out and do their own thing and we were there going, no, you're a traitor, you're terrible, why are you doing this? Like, Why would you leave us and do your own thing? And I'm so glad we've actually got to a point where we went, actually, maybe we do need a fresh start. Maybe we, we do need, need to do our own things. Yeah. yeah. And now I think our relationships as friends is even better than it was before because of it. So, you know, mm. sometimes if you do sit there now and go sit there and go, yeah, you holy, are just went holy, look at us now. Holy, holy crap. crap, buddy. Holy <laughs> crap, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So I if mean, you do sit yeah. there and like you said, you know, just concentrate on this one thing, or maybe just start anew, start afresh to try something new. It actually can be nice to start something new. I mean, mm, I have my mm, own streaming mm. channel that has nothing to do with the rest of these arseholes spy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but every now and then they might pop on and they might play a game with me. Great. Yeah. I'm just leave it at that. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> 
looking back at 40, all you see is more of those what-ifs. Yeah, I'm sure... It, it's all hindsight at that yeah. point. Yeah. It, it is all hindsight at that point. It's been very I, interesting th- for me... Oh, sorry, I keep interrupting you when you're trying to say something. No, no, it's all good. It's, um, it's very interesting for me because um, I have got so many factors of those what-ifs um, because it wasn't long ago when I was in a domestic violence thing. But through that, mm. I've learned how to look out for certain friends and how to treat with certain people and look yeah. out for those huge warning signs. So even though it's a what-if I didn't do that, it's still a, well, actually, it might have been a good thing that I did go through that. It's experience and development. Life experience. You- that is how you learn. That it's quite, yeah. That and like the question actually posed at the start, I understand the fear behind that because it is a fear of the unknown, and we're all afraid of what we don't know. That, that of course we are. That, it's it's the human condition that is. Yeah, we don't we don't go we don't march onto the unknown it, just going bring it on, bring it on, bitch, come on, bitch. But the <laughs> the, the way. We the tr- the trick always is never mm. to let that fear get com- have a complete hold over your life, and mm. uh, it, for some people that is going to be more difficult than it is to other people. Like let's say people who are more gregarious and stuff like that will find it much easier to adapt to it. Mm. But people who are stuck in a rut, the best thing that they can possibly do is set themselves small goals, all leading up to a big goal if it must be, but never uniformly that. Like it needs to have separate goals not related to that, just to feel that sense of admiration yeah. and uh, pride in themselves. Mm, but the mm, mm. the <laughs> achieving those goals should not take. Uh, it shouldn't be set to an unreasonable. Uh, standard, uh, unreasonable standard to yourself, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I'm not a director now, but you are someone who has a job, someone who has wages coming in and stuff like that. Like that is what you need to focus on at that pressing point yeah. of your life. Also, you and, don't know. Uh, you no. don't know when opportunity is going to knock on the door, anyway. Because mm, no. I mean, at the moment, I well, never I was thought this was going to be the case. Year. You know, I where I work, get recognised for being on television every now and then. I have people who've said, oh, they've just heard me on the radio. I have that kind of thing because I now work in activism. Something I never expected, but by chance, with me trying to get into the media, I met with a cameraman who turned around to me and said, would you like to be on our TV show? And following that... Yeah, following that, I got things from it. So you never know where things will lead you. And now I'm so proud that I work in activism and I get these odd little jobs that bring in a very small amount of money, but they bring in a little money out of nothing so don't think that your your life is set now it's not anything can happen anything can change and nothing is set in stone nothing set in stone Uh, Um, the 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 reality of it is that it it is still ongoing at this time if you are older in which our first question is why are you watching the stream but like if you're 60 odd or something like that but I was about to say he's 40 thank you nonetheless thank you for watching appreciate it thank you for watching but why are you here is a fair question I feel like yeah? just listening to us but three prattle on but, but the, the other one is that at that point you'll be able to properly appreciate what your life has been like and what your life has done mm-hmm. and at this stage that we are at we aren't really in a position to make that 
overall judgment only on what we have so far. And if you aren't comfortable, if you aren't happy with it, that's fair. That might be like an underlying reason to like try and find a way to better yourself slowly and with achievable goals, but not to aim for that main one, that one that and feel that everything else is sub sub standard to it. Like always feel pride in the small things that you do achieve. Yeah, always. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Sorry. Continue. No, no. Uh, exactly. Because you never know, uh, you know what's going to happen next, and you never know what chance and luck will actually bring into your life. Mm, that, and you don't know. You will never know because your goal, that that top goal that you had in mind, like uh, X amount of years ago, it it could change like at any moment. At that point. Oh yeah. Like, say, for instance, you wanted to be a director. But then over time, you, you, you change your mind and you want to do something smaller than that as your main goal. Because no, it, 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 it changes. Because it's like what I said before, nothing's ever set in stone because it can change like at any moment at that point it, in your it's life. What, it's what happened to me recently with this new job that I got where I never saw myself doing it. No, but it's an incredible job. It's made, well done. it's made me way happier than I thought it would, for sure. It, it, there's a lot to get used to. There's a lot i'm doing that i've just like wow i'm doing this right now like uh, i'm very apprehensive but i'm enjoying it and whereas when you look at me a year before two years before or three years before i was stuck in a rut doing the exact same thing with no hope of getting out of there like in my own mind so it's Mm. it's all about taking that leap understanding that that leap that you actually take could be small and understanding that the achievable goal from that small leap will also be small, but still a goal and an achievement. Mm. And, you know, trying for these things that might seem out of bounds and out of reach, if you don't get them, don't beat yourself up over it. No. That's the worst thing you can do. You can go, ah, well, well, I'll go and try something else. Other things will come along, for sure. Precisely. Anyway, we're starting to hit, we're hitting that one hour uh, 29 mark, so maybe we should uh, move on to uh, uh, Jot's conversation. but before right. we do, I'm just going to go a uh, quick, uh, quick toilet break, considering I've just went through an entire bottle of water, so I'll be back in a moment. So until then, uh, it's two hours. Anyone who's in the chat, if you've got any more two questions hours. that you want to ask us, uh, or ask these two um, more specifically uh, to talk about, then now's the time to do that, whilst I just pop to the loop. I'll be back no in pressure. <laughs> Hurry, run! <laughs> no, you know, it's so unprofessional. He did this on the last stream as well. But then so did you. Uh, some people have very tiny, weak bladders. It's Time fine. him. Okay. Uh, okay. Right. How many seconds as well? He's on 29.50 right now. Okay. He's been gone for about 10 seconds, so let's call it 29.40. Have you got a different clock to me, 29.40? What? Uh, I might be behind on the stream. I'm going by stream clock. Oh, that one there. <laughs> <laughs> I've got like three different clocks in that case. Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> So he was on one twenty nine forty. Okay, remember him there. We'll, we'll time him coming back. Uh, I also want to point out that that entire conversation was for somebody who's actually left a while ago and said he's going to be back after he sorts something. So he's going to yeah, have to listen he, to that on the Spotify or like on YouTube. Hey, Sorry, that, that's, that's a guaranteed listen. Then isn't there it? There we go. Great. Yeah, guaranteed. <laughs> Although Squid said he's going to listen in, bless him as well. He's going to. Is it bad though that when Murky asked, "How can you help someone who is a masochist like me?" 
and I just went punish him. <laughs> it's like in my own mind. I saw that, like, and I was just like, I'm yeah. just, I'm just not going to answer that question. I don't want to. Yeah, like, <laughs> there's, there's an obvious answer there, isn't there? It's just like, hmm. <laughs> I just when he said it, I just thought, oh gosh, I'm not going to. That's not worth the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ Almighty! Oh. Uh. wasn't there some sort of um? Yes, that's right. Because. While we're, while we're waiting for him, even though he's the one that pointed it out, there has been some new news that came out today about um, the fact that our COVID in the UK, the COVID-19 alert level's been reduced. Yeah, from four to three, was it? Something like that. I mean, I know they're we've talking... Got, we, we've gone up DEFCON. It's all good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically. Def, DEFCOV. Sorry, DEFCOV. DEFCOV. <laughs> right, remember that one. Hashtag DEFCOV. Hashtag DefCov. Hashtag DefCov. So if you guys want to talk about it, and so it was made on Twitch, hashtag DefCov. <laughs> Jesus Christ almighty. If that got trending, I'd love it. But I know they're talking about opening hairdressers and stuff because of it. Yeah. Uh, 13th, I think. My, uh, because my mother's a hairdresser, isn't she? So she if said she might be back in the work on the 13th. And I'm, I'm, uh, you lucky bastard, answer, but... by the way, because you still live with your mother and she can give you haircuts. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, thank God. Just, <laughs> just yeah. Oh, thank God Hello. he's back. One what happened? Was it? Well. I'm sorry, was it? Was it, was it was more two, than two minutes. So it was more than two minutes having a poop, yeah. <laughs> no, no. I was getting a bottle of water as well. Uh, no, oh God, we're, just, we're just going with what Mark said. Anything more than two minutes and he's pooing. Quick thought on Capitol Hill. It's a great place in Boston, I think, isn't it? What? <laughs> I don't even know what Capitol Hill is. <laughs> No, it's that place in Washington DC with uh Is it? Seattle. Seattle. Thank oh, God he's back. I was holding my breath. <laughs> cool. Is that the Capitol building that's in Washington DC then? Oh, why do I have to Google everything? Uh Capitol Hill. <laughs> Capitol. It's only because I have a laptop now. Dave's putting you to work at the moment, Steve. Yes. <laughs> Payment my culture wars. The accidental occupation of Seattle. What? I think this would this would warrant me having a better look into it before I talked about it, I'm afraid, because I, I understand it's protesters occupying parts of Seattle. Oh, for a week. it's a police free. It's a police free neighborhood. And uh, is that what you're talking about, um, uh, Dave? He's just that agreed. No, I'd heard they were aiming for it, but um, didn't know it was actually it had actually gone through. And it, mm. it, in it, living here in Britain, I don't think we can actually qu uh, comment on it properly because of the simple fact We've, that we we, we aren't exposed to that society. We're exposed to secondhand knowledge of that society. Half of our episode last last episode was about Black Lives Matter, so we we, yeah, have, yeah. we have gone into it but, quite a lot. And you can listen to that on Spotify on YouTube if you want to. Catch up on what we spoke to about it on then with um, Huel. Uh, I'm not saying that we aren't in a position to comment on the Black Lives Matter thing. Oh. I'm saying that we aren't in a position to comment on the on that development specific... in Capitol Hill where they've gone police free. It's, yeah, we've in not the end, it properly. The, in the end, yeah, exactly uh, that, and also it's their choice, and we'd only be getting secondhand knowledge of it, not anything that we actually have that thing. Mm. But yeah, we'd be making an uninformed comment on it is the problem. Mm -hmm. so. mm. Right, let's yeah. move on to what we were going to move on to. Yes, yes. John, what Maybe is your topic? Yeah. Thank you, Karen. topic? Thank you, Karen. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want I didn't want to read out Huel's one. Let's just let's just leave that comment alone. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So thanks for that. 
Anyway, moving on, Jock, what's your personal topic? I was thinking we could talk about some uh, genetic editing and genetic modifying, if or modification, if you guys actually are comfortable with that. Just because I saw there was a news report. I can't put why, but it was the House of Lords, I think, talking about how they might ease up on the laws regarding GM foods here. If uh, it was something along the lines of that, but basically just like leading up to genetic, uh, opening up to genetic editing and genetic Do modification. Do you want to just expand Britain. on that? Because I can see there's a couple of people going what, and I'm not right, fully okay. aware of it myself. So genetic editing is the process where you take the DNA genome and uh, to put it in basics, you use CRISPR kits, which is C R I S P R. You can give them. Quick Google to have a read. Crispy kits, not rice crispy kits. Not rice krispies, just, just in case anyone gets confused like yeah, that, like so, I did. <laughs> so, uh, these crispy kits, what they basically do in basic terms, they're, they're cut and paste for DNA strands. So, you, you can identify a section of the gene that you want to remove and replace with another one. And through this, the, the end goal is to change the. Either th- there's two different kinds of cells which can be changed with it, which is changing the animal, person, or plant in question, or changing future generations. So, okay. th- it, ah, so okay. they've been trying to bring back the woolly mammoth with it by slowly introducing <laughs> uh, fur cells to Indian elephants. And stuff they've like been that. doing that for a while now, though. They have been what? doing it for a while. Yeah. Yeah, they've been yeah. doing that for years. I've, just, I've seen stuff like that on the I news. I never thought I'd see in my life, you know, go to the zoo and go, oh, look, a mammoth. Like, <laughs> I think it'd be awesome. Not going to lie. I think it would be awesome if we walked into the zoo just, like one day. Like, I'm just in waiting for someone to go, years. look, it's Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It is exactly what Jurassic Park does. In Jurassic Park... They fill out the missing bits of dinosaur DNA, which has decayed with frog DNA and uh, amphibian DNA and stuff yeah, like that. So yeah. that, that means they're not the real dinosaurs that you see. They're genetically modified mutants. Like, and that's what the mammoth and the, the, the proposed unicorn idea and stuff like that would actually be. They, they wouldn't be your idea of it. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, would, it would look like sort of like a cross between a horse and a rhinoceros, because... <laughs> that's like what they'd have to like pick out like the animal that actually has a, a single horn on their body and stuff like Not that. And, yeah. Yeah. Yes, so <laughs> fake myths. <laughs> fake, fake myths. Cross. Yeah, so, fake myths become reality, <laughs> or do they? <laughs> and rhinoceros. We've got. There's got to be a picture oh, somebody's my... done. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know what Karen's uh, uh, quoting on there. <laughs> yeah. Um. But it's no, a yeah. meme, Stace. Ignore what I said. What? I didn't yeah. even... It's a meme. Yeah. <laughs> I will Google that one later, but I feel like I'd regret it. Yeah. I mean, I haven't found the horse of an rhinoceros one, but I found I'm, it. I'm not fully aware of it either, but I'm just going to... someone crossed a zebra and a rhinoceros for... for a but no, the... The... the, the I can just about see it. Yeah. The before, before we go into you know this whole downward spiral of what animals could be crossed with each other in a horrible <laughs> science incident where you it's just like plunge them both into a test unicorns. The, the app- One unicorn, the, damn it. <laughs> the applications that can affect the real world and like stuff that matter is 
you can genetically edit people to be AIDS resistant, and you you could yeah. in theory like uh, and you know plant life plant life that you know takes uh, doesn't do disease as bad. But well, when you were talking it, about still that, in I its know infancy, like I know that, yeah. like years ago they were talking about trying to um, edit out cystic fibrosis. Yes, that is one of the I'm ones that was going that on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the the what happened in gene therapy was they had some um, some like uh, fatalities at the beginning of it, so people went off that very quickly and it didn't get the funding it needed. But then Blimey. when gene editing came on, no one's no one's had like a fatality yet for it. But there has been some controversy with like this Chinese scientist experimenting on people and therefore you know going against ethics and stuff like that. Oh, and that's that's all bit. what it boil that's all what it boils down to with ethics wise is because if it is possible it is therefore possible to create oh, your cool. idea the, the idea of the that. perfect human and stuff like that yeah it, 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 that is one thing that they could decide goes against what it's, it means to be human i don't want any human to be bald and stuff like that yeah, yeah so it's it, an it is completely issue. Ethical. i mean Imagine, I know it's, it's going to sound a very extreme example, but imagine if the Nazis had it and everybody's just born yeah, area. That, that is exactly where the yeah. ethics question comes from. Yeah, because their idea was to eradicate everything that was, wasn't in their image pure, all right? Hmm. Whereas hmm. the ethics now is what exactly do we define as the perfect human and how people will act- would actually change it given the. Um, this is the extreme debate of it, of course. Like, yeah. It, it, yeah so, but there's a really great film actually with, <clears throat> it, with um, Ethan Hawke. I think is, um, I think it was it's, it's Gal- Gal- Galacta or something like that with uh, Ethan Hawke, and uh, in it he plays a guy who was not genetically modified Gattaca. as a baby, if I remember correctly. Gat- Gattaca, thank you. Yeah. So he plays a guy who was not genetically modified as a baby, whereas his brother is a test tube baby, so he's been perfectly genetif- uh, gen- genetically altered and resembles that society's idea of a perfect human. And it all revolves around both of them like going into the space program and stuff like that. But his brother almost drowns, and he actually saves him because there's nothing wrong with him. He is... Ethan Hawke is just like a normal human being but at I'm that guessing point. But you could but argue still classed by stuff. that society. Yeah, the society yeah. classes him as invalid for the program, which could also mean invalid, you know, if it's like, you yeah. know. So it all, it all comes down to the ethics behind it is if we agree as a society what defines acceptable and unacceptable in human traits and, tra- uh, tr- uh, and you know, tradeology. So, uh, mm. so, yeah. So, uh, I, but the, the, uh, what the Lords were thinking of doing recently is another separate issue with it, which was uh, opening up for GM crops, uh, genetically modified crops. And while they're resistant to disease, if one of them does get a disease, then it's like there's other problems, like all of them can like suffer it. And if any of them get into the hayseeds of Sorry, the, the stored seeds of actual farmers, they can change all of them into these genetically modified strains and stuff like that. Right. So there's okay. a lot of ethical issues that are surrounding it. Uh, it's more just like, you know, getting like that talk up and going on it more than anything. That's a lot of information. 
Jesus. Yeah, I just info dumped you there, didn't I? <laughs> My brain went <laughs> over 20 minutes with it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, talking in the human sort of example, I love the diversity we have as, as life. And even to yeah. the extent of um, levels of autism and stuff have so much interest into it. And some of these people with autism are smarter than most of us because they have so much of an interest in one subject. And it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I think the world is so much more amazing if we look at how individual people work and how it's all, how our differences actually help a society. So, no, we shouldn't modify things, but then should mm. we? Because at the same time, we're sitting there saying, well, you are saying you don't want to modify them so they don't have HIV or AIDS. You're saying you don't want to modify them so they don't have cystic fibrosis. Yeah. That's the exact problem, which is... The extreme of it is, of course, the ethical quandary of what makes a perfect human. Mm. The other one is opening it up and exposing ourselves to the potential dangers, but also the benefits of it uh, in the low-key sort of areas. The issue like, is uh, power corrupts yeah. absolute. Yeah. As mm -hmm. soon as you oh, yeah. open up that valve and say, yeah, we won't allow cystic fibrosis and AIDS, someone might sit there and go, well, we don't want people to be autistic, do we? And then that yeah, might exactly. take away from those people who have made a massive contribution to society because uh, they're autistic or because their autism has helped them in achieving that. The, there's um, there's two different models for disabilities now, which is the medical model of disability and the social model of disability. Mm. Now, the medical model states that people are disabled because of the fact that they have conditions on them, so they can't walk, blind, de deaf, etc., etc., mm. and it is up to them to better their lives. The social model of disability is, it states that people are disabled by society, not by themselves. So not, it is up to the society to open up. They're um, not fitting into society's norms and therefore they are not, not accepted. Um, it, it's, it, it's responsibility. So um, the society is what disables them, not them that's disabled uh, like towards the society like yeah. so this, it's up to the society to make it more inclusive for them so that's why we have ramps outside shops and stuff like that now we we yeah. do believe in the social model of disability uh, you also need to believe in the medical model because otherwise then they won't get the um like you know the drugs the assistance that they actually need the physical therapy and stuff like that as well or just to live so a normal you, life. you need you need a degree of both but if one of them gets focused on more than the other in this quandary, you're right. It could lead to people just completely, uh, like, treating people with autism and stuff like that with social class citizens, uh, sorry, as second class citizens is the extreme of it. But wiping it out in its entirety like that, it, it, it's, it's definitely like a, a massive, like, grey area and, like, uh, walking on a glass floor at this point, like, this um. early stage on and. Uh, Huel said, uh, can you elaborate on uh, social dis uh, oh, disabling uh, them? Uh, so I don't get it. If, if, if you go to the shop now uh, and you have a step there, people with wheelchairs will struggle to get up it won't, uh, like, yeah, because of the fact that they can't. Yeah, so, but that, therefore, what that shop has done is made it entirely inclusive for anyone who can go up that step but excluded everyone who has a disability. So the um, the uh, 
the social model actually presents it so that the society has a responsibility to make it inclusive for them. Mm. Yeah. Um, also so putting, says, in, putting, um, in, putting in a ramp. Yeah, so Hugh also says, you say this, but there's also degrees of autism. It's a huge spectrum. Some of them generally can't function, can't talk, can't handle too much uh, sensory st uh, stimuli. Yeah, amen. Um, which and is also... it's, it's, it then goes into the idea of if we are genetically modifying people, how do we tell which strand of autism is bad and which strand of autism is good? Which, mm. which it's, it's such which a... Should, sh it shouldn't be done in the first place, mm. like, on an ethical, like... It, on an ethical basis, but the, the ethical thing would making also people, be making, making people more resistant to HIV and AIDS and stuff like that. Yeah, that's that's, that's why there is a difference in the genetic editing that's taking place, which is some affect the cells of the person that is taking the injection or whatever, and the other ones uh, affect the cells of their offspring. So right. if you do it to yourself, that's completely consensual. That's if it works or not, like eventually, like it's your choice, how you want to change yeah. your own body. Right. Cause you're but that individual the, making that decision. Yeah. yeah. But if with the passing it on to future offspring, you're affecting that history of genetics for decades, if not millennia, like, mm. it, it, like that one decision will change in a butterfly effect down the line. Mm. Mm. Jot's talking some sci-fi mm. shit. Uh, yeah, but sci-fi <laughs> shit that's existing today that and could develop into this. Yeah, so. Again, yeah. it's going so deep. We I need mean, a bigger ladder. You, you could also be talking about, you know, the best prime minister Britain's ever ever had has been genetically changed and due to a butterfly effect is now working in, I don't know, as a bin man. You know? I'm a trumpet. You're a baritone, mate. <laughs> Apparently Huel was kidding and called us a trumpet. No, he called Trump. me a trumpet. So I was like, yeah, you're a baritone. <laughs> but when it comes to food and stuff, I don't. I know you can say it could affect the entire batch and there could be. But is it a bad thing? Because <laughs> surely we're just creating more resistant food or more healthier food it, for people. Well, the, there are drawbacks to using GM. Yes, you'll get more of it. Yes, you'll be able. The farmers will make more money out of it. Yes, it could end world hunger theoretically, but if it like reduces the amount of topsoil that we need and stuff like that, if it stops locusts from uh, eating it. But the if anything goes wrong with those strains, we wouldn't be able to fix it because if it's so widespread, it will change every strain of plant life, like in that family. It it, it, it comes down to uh, it, it, we did it. Like, uh, we did it um, by the, like, not with injections and stuff like that, but with dogs and wolves, you know? Like, it, so, it, yeah, think how I guess different you mean dogs are today yeah. to what they were back then when we started domesticating them and stuff like that. You have stuff like pugs and stuff like that. Now, think how different dogs. a pug and a wolf is. Yeah, yeah I don't think pugs. And look, and look, yeah, and look at the problem, health problems and stuff like that pugs have now. Yeah. So if, you go, mm. if it goes too far without any oversight and stuff like that it is definitely dangerous yeah and if it mm. but but the so it's the, the ethical quandary is like just you know just talking about it for, and making people aware of it now for those who aren't not, fully aware of why the I'm, pugs I'm, an I'm, issue um pugs are basically offspring from the same family so same thing as perhaps you know your you mated with your mum. Obviously, there's going to be some issues due to there being too similar of a DNA strand, and eventually you create a dog who can barely breathe. 
that yeah. was the yeah. issue. Because so, uh, 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 it's very yeah, but the any breed of dog is different from what wolves are, except for mm. Tamascans, which are the closest to the wolves, right, and stuff like that. Like, mm. but eventually down the line, if you change the genetic structure of it and you keep those genetics in place and you keep them on going to the future generations, what you can never predict what happens all the way down the line. Mm. I still mm. feel almost as if we're right to modify food, but not right to modify right. people. Well, sorry, Stace. I still feel we're, we're right to modify food, but not right to modify people. I know there could be possible effects down the line, but I'm surely you could enclose this this entire experiment, as you will, in one place which could have later benefits for other people. Well, I, I'm not saying that it's all bad. I'm, I'm actually all for the development of it, for sure. Mm. But the the way that we go about it is definitely what like we need to be careful with, especially as the people who sell CRISPR kits now aren't actually doctors. That they're, they're genetic, uh, they're like um, basically like grad students just selling them out of their basements half the time. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, like I googled yeah, CRISPR so. kit and it's it looks like something you could just pick up from a shop. You you don't need a license to sell them and stuff like that. It's just someone. Making it, and while they yeah. might not work and stuff like that, you're still injecting it into your body at that point and changing it and all that stuff. Oh wait, so that's that's for humans, the CRISPR kit. Yes, CRISPR kit is for no. changing the human uh, human genome. So someone's going, yes, I but, want to change my own genome, buying a kit off Amazon and then just but, injecting themselves. But the but the CRISPR kits aren't all that bad because it is. Can't, like I yeah. said, the the CRISPR kit is the cut and paste mechanic for your gene uh, for your genome. So that is how they're making the stuff like uh, treating cystic fibrosis through gene editing and treating yeah. uh, like building immunity to AIDS and stuff. It like just that surprises me editing. that anybody can get hold of them. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Like there's no regular, o- there's no oversight and stuff like that. Um, I think. I think John Oliver made a piece on it at one point sometime in the last three years or something like that, but it hasn't changed since then. But the the basis of it that I'm interested in is just raising the awareness and getting the conversation properly started. Yeah. That's yeah. So it, it, it's nothing more than that. I'm if I had it's... to put an opinion on it, I'm all for it. I just mm. need there to be oversight and definitely need to be uh, there to be. The funding Fuel for it. Has just and for what does the yeah. CRISPR kits do exactly? Um, I, can't, I can't explain them properly because they basically just like cut out a piece of the DNA and replace it with another strand that's designed to do something else. Put it this way, the tagline for one of these CRISPR kits literally says biohack the planet. Yeah, but biohacking, that's exactly it. So, uh, in, in their perfect form, in their perfect form, which what they're aiming for, you'll be able to inject yourself, and your brown hair will turn to red, like from like growing over and stuff like that. Like, it, 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 I need one. Yeah, <laughs> but th- that's definitely decades away. I think because yeah. one guy tried to inject himself with uh, a thing that would build up his muscles easier in the John Oliver video, and it didn't do fuck all. No, that's what had been invented. That's it's called steroids. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> what we were talking about earlier, funnily enough. Um, but it's like, it's that's fine. That's fine. 
if it's only for yourself, but if it affects future generations, then there definitely needs to be oversight like there because mm. you are then making your decision according to your own beliefs and could affect future generations oh, really? miles to come then. Yeah. Huel has asked, will it make my even... knob a bit smaller? I'm I was going to say, Huel... I'm not even going to read that out loud, but he's going to go ahead and do it anyway. It's because I know how to answer this. That's what I was going to say. Any... <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately not, because it's far too smaller. I'll send you some photos that will do. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Comparing it to a banana and stuff. But no, surely having a kit that allows you to inject yourself with pretty much whatever you want mm. that's just stupid. Yeah, if, if, it, if it affects you, yeah, if it affects you and you actually have experts in place to be able to um, inform you of the decision. Sure, fine, whatever. If it gets yeah, to that point in enough. life, yeah, yeah. If that, you've got people who know what they're then. doing, but the fact that someone can buy this thing off eBay or whatever, yeah, I don't agree with yeah, that. The fact that anyone can buy them. If if yeah. if there was like more, um, like a doctor actually uh, like suggested this or whatever, and said it's completely fine, and then you I'm know just, did like a sort of. I'm just waiting for the idiot who sits there and goes cyanide. Hmm, let's give that one a shot. <laughs> yeah. <What? no. laughs> just injecting himself with cyanide is a bad idea anyway. Yeah, I know, yeah. but it's gonna every I mean, like I said at the start of this podcast, no. there's how dense the population but, is and how dense the population is. There's somebody that's gonna be dense enough to think, Oh, that's gotta be alright, let's stick that in my body. <laughs> but no, Carwin pointed it out there ages ago in the chat where he just went, I want someone to cure baldness and yeah, he meant it as a joke and everything like that. Uh but the <laughs> Hello, person. The whole th- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, the, uh, he meant it as a joke, but the, the danger is that people might actually get those ideas and just go like, well, I don't want humans to be bald anymore. Well, I don't want people to be short anymore. Well, I don't want dw- uh, people to suffer dwarfism anymore. When people with dwarfism will say they're not suffering. That is the no. whole point of it. That's yeah. precisely it. I mean, it's, it's often been said, in, in my case that what I'm going through could be purely genetic or something along those lines and could possibly be changed because obviously it's some sort of hormonal imbalance or it's an imbalance with my brain to my body, that kind of thing. But at the mm. same time, it's also what's made me me. And it's also the thing that has given me this wonderful career that I've got in you know, my activism. And every step mm. that I've had mm-hmm. forward in my life is because I am transgender. So although don't want to be in a way because it is a burden, it is difficult, it's also a defining characteristic of myself. And that shut yeah, everybody entirely. up. Entirely. <laughs> no, 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 I'm entirely in agreement. Like, it, but at, at the same, I'm not saying there are stuff that I wouldn't change about myself. It's just like, like, if I could like, inject myself and be thin that is an entirely like you know how could that seem bad with that sense statement and where do i get that injection like that yeah yeah exactly (laughs) people will be jumping on it but yeah it's when people ask says the stuff like all humans should be this size and stuff like that that it Mm. then becomes the ethical question that we need to ask ourselves and the question that we need to ask ourselves as to where the direction the science is actually taking us now where uh, it, it, you'll you will get scaremongers 
trying to jump on it if people don't get the active uh, activism speaking like that did happen with gene therapy and stuff like that like and uh, vaccinations anti-vaccine has actually become a scare um a, a, a scare topic in it, science now yeah, because I mean, of the work of one doctor so if if people don't well. start talking and getting an understanding you know raising awareness of this now people aren't going to be having the discussions that need to be had with it. I just want to point out, this is actually true. I work with someone whose sister has decided not to vaccinate her children because she's worried about them getting autism. That that would be... That's an an insult to... to, uh, Well, not to me personally, but... uh, Because I'm on this spectrum, but... yeah, that's just an insult to people who have autism. There's nothing no. wrong with the, being autistic. The fact, that, the fact that most vaccines don't cause autism is the issue to begin with. No, the, the, it all comes from down to the scare, scaremongering of one scientist there mm. who said that a certain vaccine contained mercury and mercury could lead to autism and stuff like that. But the, while that was taken out for safety and no other vaccine, vaccines have mercury in them, and stuff like that, just just because of the work of that one guy, even though there was no clear evidence that it pointed to, mm. you know, that specific type of mercury actually leading to autism and stuff like that. It it bounced off of that and it became a big thing. Oh. The people, again, a John Oliver video, funnily enough, because he just talks about this kind of stuff like that, like that why you shouldn't be lulled into scaremongering and stuff like that, but why we need oversight and. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, so the, the reason I brought up in the first place as well is because we were talking about coronavirus and we're talking about what happens when we get a vaccine and stuff. And she turned around, and she went, "Oh, I'm not going to get it." You know, my sister doesn't vaccinate, so she's not going to get it either. So like, why wouldn't you get a vaccine that could potentially save your life? I don't get it. Well, it's it's not just their lives they're putting at danger. Then it's people like we said earlier when we were talking about vaccinations. It is people who are susceptible to that disease. So kids without with autoimmune diseases and stuff like that. Like they're more at danger of being around those kids than those kids are of getting the disease. Mm. So, like, mm. um, what was it? Mumps or measles. I can't remember which one of them. They'd, it had been eradicated in America. And then this one scientist guy who'd been scaremongering all this up back in the day went and talked to the Somali community in, uh, I think it was Massachusetts or um, uh, Michigan. I can't remember which one. And Michigan. Yeah, it, it was Michigan, was it, Luke? Yeah, so... No, I, I, you said Michigan. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, one of those two. He went there, talked to the Somali community there, scared them off vaccinating, and measles and mumps actually came back into that. Uh, and actually, like, you know, it was a, a fairly wide pandemic among the kids about, at that point. And the same thing happened in France. It, herd immunity is an important thing and with vaccinations so we've come full circle now apparently because we were talking about that very much yeah. earlier weren't we it's <laughs> yeah. sort of coming into a lovely little circle because we've just hit our two hour mark but that also adds the five minutes of intro so we are going for another three minutes um till we hit five o'clock that's that's when we stop but it's, hey. it's coming into a nice full circle like sort of slowly ending the podcast in a nice mm. nice little bubble <laughs> <laughs> It better be a bubble, you know, because self-distancing and all that. Oh, yeah, we need our self-distancing bubble, because that made so much... It's because we're Welsh. It's because we're Welsh, and and in Wales, we're still very much going, oh, no, we're not going to do anything like that. We're going to stay locked down. (laughs) We're staying 
in our bubble. Although we are <laughs> we're three weeks behind shops. everyone else, and we're happy about it. <laughs> we are. We are reopening no non-essential shops on Monday. Non-essential. Yeah. yeah. Is Anne Summers non-essential? <laughs> Excuse you know, me. That is very much essential. Yeah, exactly. So shouldn't that have been opened ages ago? It's like... <laughs> I don't know. The, the world's gone crazy, so I, I just can't keep up with the world at the moment. Just going through the chat. I disagree about the injection to get you thin. I feel that, that if something that is totally in your control right now and you can achieve it... Whereas Stacy, for example, going through what she has been through, fighting to be who she really is. Oh, thank you. Taking gears, you have the ability to make your goal achievable without the need of injections. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Some people would say, you yeah. know, we've got our um, our minority transgenderism has got a massive suicide rate, a massive rate of depression, and a massive yeah. rate of self harm. So, if you could technically take that out, would you? Would you stop people like, from being transgender, or does it? it devalue what, you know, especially me in my case, because of the work I do, the, what the, we've been fighting for. The, the the ethical question there is actually really interesting, because it wouldn't be your choice when it comes to gene editing if to change mm. uh, by these injections and CRISPR kits, because they need to be done in the embryo while you were developing. So it wouldn't be mm. your choice to do it, it would be the parent's choice to change them from male to female and stuff like that. It, so if it was... Personal choice there, like to change your body or to change who you are and stuff like that, that, that is perfectly fine. It is entirely in your um, uh, in your uh, capacity, your, your choice, everything like that is all great. What you want to do is your choice to your own body. Yeah. But with gene yeah. editing, that's not where it comes into. The ethical quandary is what you do to your kids. Or future generations of humans, uh, yeah, who don't have a voice to it and stuff. And but, without going into this conversation, this is the same conversation people have about abortion. Yes. Yeah. So, just thought what? I'd mention that. What? Liam just told me to. F- <laughs> Liam just told yeah, me. I'm fully in agreement with that. Why? Fuck me. <laughs> And he's, apparently, he's apparently Squid's going to have a baby with Larton. And I think on that note, we should call it a podcast. Good for you, Squid. Good for you, Larton. Okay, let's move it. Let's wrap this up. And so, thank you guys. Nice bow. Yeah, thank you guys for watching. As usual, yeah, this will be, if you've missed any parts of it, it will be on Spotify, YouTube, and mm-hmm. the multiple millions of other podcast things we're on because, believe it or not, it's not that difficult to do. Um, yeah. <laughs> all the links will be on our, all the links will be on, on our Twitter. Uh, so They're also just underneath you if you're on Twitch, D Live or Mixer. They're yes. All, they're all there. YouTube's a bit weird, but YouTube is literally just there, so we have the video up and I don't have to do anything. It's keeping <laughs> crazy. <laughs> um, also, if you want to be a guest like Jot, thank you very much for being a guest on our show, obviously. Anytime, baby. Um, either yeah, message myself or um, Luke, or like Huel, if you wanted to send in a message to us for us to discuss something on the podcast, feel free to email us again. The link for that is in our description. Thanks everyone for better. watching. Yes, Bye. thank you. Have a good one. Bye. Boo-doo. Hey, you know what time it is? Oh, yeah. Well, let's just talk. Gonna talk. Gonna talk. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's time to it's talk. Time to talk.